Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 83. I'm your host, back in the basement to talk about a bunch of wrestling I watched a lot this week. My co-host and teenage son, Jack, you're here. And I watch little to none. You watched, yeah, you watched much less. I don't know, I got into this morning, I watched Impact and then rolled right into Rampage, so... Um, I decided to make a Seth Rollins attire number 5,000, so <laughs> number 5, I do have 000. to, like, de- I have deleted some, to be fair, but um, I, I made a new one, but, so I feel like I'm, I, I actually have made some and what, noise And ones. what were you playing, 2K19? Yes. Because you can't play 20? I hate it. And you're excited for 22 or not? A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, the new controls system bugs me, because I don't know, it just seems like it's a lot more complicated and also if it ain't broke don't fix it have people been playing it like have you read any reviews or anything yet like i don't i don't know i think it's supposed to come out in march i'm not sure like i'm kind of screwed for this year because there's that coming out soon then i think in april or something there's the lego star wars game right and then it's possible by the end of the year we get jedi fallen order 2 which i would love and also i think it would work better if i had a new xbox but that's like stupid expensive yeah so i'm not sure what to do I have they'll to, still be for whatever xbox have you to, have aren't they yeah but i don't know i feel like it's it's getting to that point where like like on xbox 360 where like 2k was just getting like not like i don't know i don't think it's like quite that bad anymore but yeah. like i still think i feel like it's getting to the point where it's not maybe i'll start encountering issues and whatnot you know what i mean i feel like yeah. it's starting to get to the end of the road so to speak yep save your money yeah maybe not like a rush maybe like I don't know, like what I'm I'm what I'm trying to curious about is like should I like get these like new games right which are like pro- probably better off on the new consoles but like yeah. should I be getting them for the new consoles and just stocking them you know what I mean or like should I be getting no. them for you know aren't like, they playable aren't they backwards compatible like if you buy it for the new system won't it play on the Xbox you have no you can also get them on the current one I think but Get I'm just saying it. like oh. so then like when I get the new one. You or like it. no and if i'm getting the new one am i getting the game again well yeah and then by then hopefully they're really cheap because they're old right yeah that's the plan i don't know stay one system behind and one year of games behind that's my <laughs> cheap rule of thumb that least, you don't like i want to try to have the new one at least for drive on order two because i want that game to be as clean as possible I, love I that see. game yes the first one how long has it been in between versions of that years that it feels 2019. like so a couple of years three years three years yeah nice. um and i don't even know if it's coming out this year i hope so i think so but yeah i don't know and so what else was exciting this week we had a bus cancellation day on thursday yeah oh yeah that was his, on your birthday that's too. right it was a birthday present mm-hmm. to me none of us yeah. had to leave the house mm-hmm. and then it was weird because that was the day i think we were supposed to have freezing rain and whatnot and we didn't really and then right you actually had school on friday but it was worse than it was on thursday <laughs> for a lot of people yeah so. the walk to school was awful treacherous by, by after school they've like cleared the sidewalks yeah. and whatnot but like the way there was not pleasant yeah i think it was actually worse on friday when buses weren't canceled and now due to hybrid learning so students can learn online they just close schools it's uh, come full circle it used to be get to school get to school and now it's like school's not even open don't come so that's mm-hmm. kind of nice for students and teachers i yeah, guess for probably sure. for sure but yeah anything excited else exciting this week i was had a pretty uh, pretty boring week for me i didn't do much uh, went to work came home uh, i don't know week didn't start out very good but kind of got better yeah nice. I don't know. but uh it's been going by good so yeah we're over halfway I mean, through your grade nine quick, year. so you're, you're on the downside of the hill to summer now yeah I'm which just is nice hoping it goes by for the next couple months at least and then 
yeah then you're good. good to go yeah and then we can get the pool open and enjoy outside in a few months would be oh, nice yes too. that too i'm looking forward to that for sure and mm-hmm. it would be nice but anyways i don't know i that's i i don't I'm have much gonna, else for banter things yeah for i didn't sure. do anything this week so no I, guess... I live a very nothing life <laughs> right hopefully you get out of the house and go snowboarding tonight would be good yeah we'll see it's possibly right anyways i say we <laughs> Stop boring people and bore them with something else instead. We ah, yes. Change the boredom. So we'll transition into talking about some mm-hmm. wrestling, I guess, eh? Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at some of the week's news and rumors. All right. So we'll take a look at the ratings, which we'll start it with NXT 2.0. So Tuesday was their Vengeance Day edition, right? So a fairly, by their standards, like stacked show. Uh, it drew 525,000 viewers, which is up a pretty large 31.25%, earned them a 0.11 in the 18 to 49 demo, which was up 57.14. So it was the, still the second lowest audience of the year, but again, it's uh, been bumped to just sci-fi due to the Olympics. So they're not. I don't think that these numbers are completely unexpected or should really um, be read into too much because they're they're just on sci-fi due to the Olympics. So I guess bottom line is they were up significantly from the week before when they were also just on Mm sci-fi and then you have wednesday's uh, live dynamite episode drew 869,000 viewers which is down 23.02 percent and got a 0.31 in the key demo down 24.39 percent so this was the lowest audience and key demo rating since the move to tbs i don't know were there any major things they were promoting on this show this week because last week it was Punk MJF, right? No. So. no, last week it was Hangman Archer. Oh, right. Sorry, that's what it was, which mm-hmm. was, I thought, pretty awesome. But anyway, mm-hmm. so solid numbers for Dynamite, but down and just down overall for NXT because of their positioning right now due to the Olympics. But anyways, nothing too exciting there. What mm-hmm. do you have for us? Um, kind of like, I'm, I feel like it's a matter of time thing. Um, Undertaker is going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame this year, so... I heard, I thought I saw a whole bunch of people reacting to that already. Is it not officially announced? No, it is. I'm just saying it's been in like a matter of time. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that's cool. At least they're going with someone who's actually like alive. Earned it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're. Sometimes they struggle with that. I feel like generally they do it well, but I feel like sometimes they struggle with that. He might not be my favorite person, but yeah, he's undoubtedly like, as they say, like first ballot hall of famer, right? Like he's Mm -hmm, for sure. He's no doubter. Um, so I had to sort of revise this one, right? Cause you were filling me in this morning, but initially Booker T confirmed that Roxy, who's like a former trainee of his had signed with WWE, but you were telling me, and then I looked, he sort of walked those statements back now. And I, I mean, my assumption is that basically he's right, but that WWE, cause you know how they like to release their, here's our next round of signees sort of thing for the training center or whatever the performance center. So I think... My guess would be she probably has signed and they're just not ready to announce it yet. So he sort of had to be like, whoops, sorry, maybe she hasn't signed sort of thing, right? Um, yeah, I could be like he's just trying to cover his tracks right Because right I imagine she would have straight up told him, right? I would think that's the relationship they have, but I could be wrong. But again, she started training with Booker T at 13 years old as part of a fantasy camp. So if she has signed, I'm kind of happy and sad for her, right? Because that's probably her goal. Everyone's goal is to get to WWE for the most part. Um and she'll probably make some decent money, but she's super talented. I just don't have much confidence, right, that WWE is going to do anything useful with her. And 
my my take would probably be she can work there for a few years, make some decent money, and then go somewhere. Right, how old is she again? More, I think she's 20, 19 or 20. Right. right. So she can cash in in WWE and then do something rewarding after that if she wants to, I <laughs> guess. That's sort of how it seems these days, right? Yeah, it would definitely work for her rather than others. Yeah, so she can, I mean, she could go there, take advantage of all the training and stuff that wwe has and then get out of there in a few years hopefully but anyway it's good for her i guess but maybe it didn't even for happen sure. i guess according to booker t mm-hmm. um so on rampage they added um hangman and cole and baker versus rosa for the world and women's titles respectively right. um so i mean uh rosa baker kind of surprises me that they're already kind of going with that yeah but... because i think that's i've been saying it forever that's the money match and i don't feel the build Exactly. That's exactly what I was there, thinking. Right. right. I was so like, far. I guess it is. It has been almost a year since because she went at double or nothing, which would be late spring. But it seems like it's just intermittently. I don't know. I feel like there's not enough focus on that division, right? So I sort of lose track of it. Yeah, maybe. that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like Baker's run has felt very like sporadic. Like, I don't know if that's the right yeah, word. Yeah, like, or like I don't know, just not what it's actually been. Right. It's it maybe. They need some more focus there. They need to build a whole bunch of women, right? I, I feel like because it's kind of like, I don't know. If the division itself is strong, that makes the champions even stronger, right? If you're the champion of a really strong division where I'm not, I wouldn't say I put it at a super strong division yet, maybe getting better. But anyways, um, what did I have? Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano celebrated their birth of their son. Did you hear the name? I did. Uh, Quill. Quill. Um, I'm, my guess is Peter Quill. From, from Guardians. Oh, probably. Because Gargano. Yeah, you're right. Marvel uh, Universe. That's my best guess. That is o- otherwise, it's like kind I of a weird no guess. name. Yeah, so. I, I bet you you're right. No, um, just knowing Gargano. So I'm wondering if at some point, because we still don't really know what he's doing, right? Contractually. Yeah, it's been so since December. I'm hoping least. he gets to spend some time with the newborn and then maybe announce their decision, make their decision. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. not even made yet. But anyways, congratulations mm-hmm. to them. And hopefully uh, everything goes well and we see candace and gargano wrestling somewhere of note soon mm-hmm. um so tony khan has announced he's currently working on something massive for ew I saw and that he says too. there will be a lot of news in the week ahead um i'm not sure what this is but that's interesting yeah and it leads me to believe it's not necessarily a signing because i feel like he would make that a little more clear so i don't know is it something about last time it was something like the owen hart thing right um Right, right. So maybe something like that, or maybe it, like we. I mean, selfishly, we're always hoping for the announcement of trios championships. Right, that would be that actually could fit here. Right, that, that would be that could fit. I think I suggested in the AEW review this week that uh, why not have Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston get uh, in the trios. I, I, if Death Triangle's good to go, always Death Triangle, please. True. Or um, Undisputed Era. Yep, but you got tons of options, right? So hopefully they'll figure something out. Um. Mm-hmm. What was I going to say next? 205 Live. I don't know. Did we mention it last week that it was rebranded and is NXT level Maybe. up? Maybe. I, I think you might have. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Why not? But I, I basically, I did check it out. I'm not going to talk about it because it was what we expected, right? It's the NXT of NXT, which NXT is bad enough without seeing like the bottom layer of NXT have its own show kind of thing. Like the main event had Kushida in it and in, Inafe, but I am. I, from I mean, what they posted, I can't tell if Anafe won or lost. I think Anafe won, but... So I only watched the Harland-Javier um, Bernal match, which was what you would think Apparently it was. They, he had, like, super long hair. They made him cut it to... Oh, Bernal? Yeah. 
And then it was Ivy Nile and um, someone I'd never heard of, Tatum Paxley, mm-hmm. against yeah, yeah. Kayla Inlay, who's I think had one job or match. Paxley did this weird looking move that looked kind of cool. It's like the standing like. Who Tatum Paxley? Bro, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, that kind of deal. And I then think. and Fallon Henry, who played a bartender on um, NXT this week. But anyways, that I checked out the show. It was not really anything that felt like we need to see because I was hoping, it's, oh, maybe it's really cool and it'll be like an hour long show that I enjoy watching. It was not. It just no, felt it's like just it's just them like dark for NXT. It's NXT dark, right. like which is what two hundred five live was. It's just now they're getting rid of the two hundred five live moniker because they don't need it. Right. So it's some of the it, less because it doesn't make sense anymore. Less experienced NXT members getting some exactly time, it like, like a lot of jobbers. Like I don't think Bernal's getting on NXT much. You no, know what I mean? Or, I don't think so either. Like Anafe is not winning on NXT. Or well, like, in the tag team, he is. Yeah, but that's that's gone. So it is done only. now. Um, and like yeah, but it's it's basically just it's like I feel like it's worse than Dark though. Because I feel like Dark's got like more big names. Like I feel like this is where like. So, like, Anafe is a jobber on the main show, but yes. then he wins here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, stuff like that. Yep. So, whereas I feel like Dark, it's, like, usually, like, there's, like, sometimes it's timely people. There's, like, it people is. like the acclaimed who maybe it's too busy on Dynamite for them, but then, like, they can at least still be wrestling. And like, some brand like, new people that you don't see on the other And sometimes rosters, new people, right? exactly, like Tony Nese or Davari. Right. Like, yep. I feel like Dark is at least still above level up i wasn't impressed That's i'll put it that it was nothing I, I need to go back and see i don't yeah think. it's it's gonna it's gonna be the same as 205 it's just they're getting rid of because the 205 name means nothing was now. yeah pointless at that point mm-hmm. yep um so per dave melter awr close to signing shane strickland and jeff hardy yeah, uh, yeah even I, they're expected to come i just finished watching rampage and there's a segment where jade cargill wants her next opponent and matt hardy comes out and, and bottom line it's going to be bunny and then he does like the extreme with the hand jet he uses the word extreme it's about to get extreme or something with the yeah hand and i also thought um christian when he was t- in his promo he was in the battle when they were talking about the battle royals he was like there's coming changes in the tag division yeah. which kind of got me worried about hardy boys as long as they're there to do like one final run and put all. people i don't really either but I don't even really need that. I feel like, like I don't, I don't know. I just don't need. I if Jeff Hardy's, especially if he's not wearing face paint. If he's not wearing face paint, well, stop sure wasting my time. Like, come on. I'm I'm more excited about Swerve for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where he fits I'm, in exactly, but he's awesome. So I'm telling you, they. I don't care what it is. They need another mid card title. The roster's too much for. Like, I feel like the TNT title is just like. There's so many people who are, like, good, and, like, they, sometimes there's meaningful feuds, like Punk MJF or something, but, like, yeah. I feel like there's, a lot of the time, there's not enough for some of the mid-card people to do, and, like, I feel like they need another title. I'm not sure if you want to go, like, an Intercontinental title or something, because I don't think there's a lot of those. I think it's just, I think it's WWE, you know, because, remember, New Japan is gone now? Yes. So, I, they need something. I feel like TNT title is a TV title, so that problem is solved, and then they just need something else, because, like, there's, there's a lot of people, even with them, like, kind of letting some people run out there's yes. still a lot there is a, they have a very full roster for sure mm-hmm. yeah um what else do i have ring of honor confirmed so it looks like they aren't just disappearing they are coming back to touring apparently after Supercard of honor which is on april 1st and there's april fool oh wait oh, what if they pull oh, april interesting i never noticed uh-huh. that could be and apparently their official website notes that fans are going to have a huge say in booking Supercard of honor and a quote unprecedented unprecedented level of fan engagement will be a key component 
of the new era of Ring of Honor. So I don't know if that's, I don't know, remember when WWE came out and said that the general manager is you, that, and then that lasted like two weeks. Do you remember that? Mm, I do not. I do don't. When they were like, it's all about you now. And that was their new whole thing. Like, oh, um, you're the, you're the authority figure. After or whatever. Corbin? I think so. Yeah. 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 No, so, I remember. So hopefully this is more legitimate and maybe fans have like, they're going to have voting or stuff. It seems um, quite possibly. But anyways, I guess we'll see where it goes. Good news that it looks like Ring of Honor is coming back unless you're right about it being an April Fool's. That, <laughs> There's also a movie coming out then. So yeah. Uh, Morbius. Nice. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, so uh, Cody Rhodes spotted at a European airport heading to Elimination Chamber 2022. Question Good for mark? him. Yeah, probably. Who cares? <laughs> Did we? I think we it talked. It feels about like it. one of those things where it's like people are like, "Oh my God, this is like kind of kind of like." Or people were like that with uh, Garfield and uh, uh, McGuire. Yeah. Heading into Spider Man. It's clickbait, right? I like cool. Yeah, uh, maybe. And we talked not. about Cody last week, right? He's apparently. I still yeah. don't know. Like, apparently, all signs are it's he's going really to WWE. Weird. I'm still like, why would he? I guess for money is the point, probably. But. Yeah, I I I don't, I don't I don't care really, but I mean, if he's doing something, that's good. Uh, Brandy doesn't need to do anything. I heard I heard she may not be part of the package. It might just be Cody, and that Brandy's not. <sighs> We'll see. I, I still personally don't want. think he's going to sign there at all, but it looks like I'm going to be wrong. Um, Last bit of news I have is the 2021 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards came out, and I think they agreed with us on a lot of things. So just to summarize, AEW dominated the awards uh, voted on by the readers, right? So not just Meltzer or whatever picking, it's the, the readers voting. And WWE was pretty much shut out from any of the positive war- awards. The only positive awards that went to anything wwe were gimmick of the year which was roman reigns which is probably fair right like he had a pretty cool yeah yeah. um non-wrestler of the year could you guess who that would be it's from wwe Mm, no i don't uh heyman and most underrated wrestler is ricochet so everything else pretty much went to aew like um promotion of the year show of the year etc etc and then in the negative categories, guess what? WWE won almost all of them, including worst promotion, worst television show for Raw, worst major wrestling show, which I think we agreed, right? Survivor Series 2021. Oh, yes. That was so bad. Worst television announcer, Corey Graves. Most oh, dis- wow. Most disgusting promotional tactic, which I think is awesome that they did that and they chose firing WWE firing wrestlers during the pandemic while setting record profits. Yeah. Very good. Worst mm. match of the year, Damian Ooh. Priest versus The Miz zombie Ooh, match, yeah. which I think was that ours, or it was at least a nominee, right? I'm, I might have chosen it, it actually. It was in there somewhere. Uh, worst feud of the year, Randy Orton fiend Alexa Bliss. You could go for that with the for worst match too, the main yes. one, oh, yeah. or the Vaseline one. And worst gimmick was Alexa Bliss. So I think those are all pretty fair choices by the, the readers. Yeah, nothing we would disagree of, with. No, nothing at all. Uh, that is all I have for news. Do you have anything else? Um, if we're continuing on releases, they released Carlos Cabrera. Sound familiar? Oh, uh, the announcer? Yeah, Spanish announcer. Spanish He's commentary. He's been with them for almost 30 years. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Oh, and uh, Tegan Knox thinks that Divas Air is coming back, and she was kind of released because of that. Kind of feels like there's not... It's definitely a far cry from the the women's revolution, <laughs> right? Like, it seems like it's they're kind of like, backsliding. They're not necessarily like stepping back right now. They're just not getting better 
they're not yeah they're not they're kind of backpedaling they're not really focusing on the super strong wrestlers right like i don't know unless osaka comes back and they start using her or something but i guess we'll see mm-hmm. um and then there in the house of black segment there was someone knocking on the door at the end and it, uh buddy matthews has been discussed Ooh, i'm fine with that Which you I find you very definitely interesting because he feuded Have with they black were, yeah, right they were like in wwe right yeah. feuded what about in the indies they had a match on the Indies too. Right. I don't know what, what happened after, but um, I would very much like that. I find that ironic. He's knocking on the door again. <laughs> Those three against Death Triangle would be. He's knocking on the door right. again. I'm pretty sure that's what he did last time too. Well, remember they pretty much brought Black's gimmick over intact and just made it cooler. Like yeah. even the eye thing started in WWE, I think. Yeah. So. Except now it's just like face paint. Right. Your favorite. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm good. All right, so let's move into talking about our first of the weekly programs we look at, and that's taking a look at this week's AEW Dynamite. So we start off with the punk promo almost immediately, like no entrance. He's just sitting in the ring with a box, cross-legged. Right. Pipe yep. bomb. Um, punk told us his name. He says he's drug-free, he's alcohol-free, and that means he's better than you. Uh, Punk said he spoke those words for the first time over 20 years ago and they became the foundation of his career. Punk said he can feel pride knowing that some wrestlers in the next generation became wrestlers like him and some of them even say it like Punk does. Punk mentions MJF and Punk said that MJF can never think like him. Uh, Punk said when MJF beat Punk in his hometown, you'd think Punk would be furious or mad. But Twice. He, said, <laughs> he did say it. Yep. Uh, he's, uh, he said he's proud of MJF. Punk said that MJF is a uh, crappy little Max from Little Long Island. Um, and he said, because of last week, thanks to John Moxley for the assist, uh, Punk gets to pick the time, the place, the date, and the match for his rematch with Little Max. Well, mm-hmm. um, he said uh, it will be at Revolution on March 6th in Orlando. Punk talked about the match type, knowing that if it was a cage match, then they could, uh, MJF could still run away and someone could climb in. Um, and he said he's won more cage matches than he's lost. And losing a guy, I'm thinking about one of the tough, toughest matches he's ever lost, which I didn't know he had one of these. Me either. He said losing a tough match is when you really learn. And he said he talked about matches where he literally left pieces of himself in the ring. That's yep. Literally? Literally. Mm. Like uh, Mick Foley left his ear in the <laughs> ring <laughs> that one time. Uh, Punk said the Piper had his question. And then Punk asked MJF if he would be Punk's valentine while holding a dog collar chain. So they're going to have a dog collar match. Uh, (laughs) Punk said that sometimes you need to be taught a lesson. Punk called for MJF to come out there so he can tell him something to his face. And then MJF does come out and stands on the stage and Punk is still seated. And he shows a picture of when MJF met Punk at an autograph signing when MJF was a little child. Yeah, it was Uh, cool. Punk said it was possibly MJF's greatest day of his life. And to Punk, it was just Friday. Punk said that MRH6 is going to be the worst day of MJF's life, and the canvas won't be stained by MJF's spray tan. It'll be stained by his Ooh. blood. And he put the dog collar chain around his neck while fans chained for him, and then MJF was like about to speak, but then he just went to the back. Yeah, um, not my favorite type of match. I generally don't love when people are attached to each other for matches by any means, but anyways, they maybe they'll pull it off. I liked... Um... I thought the start to Punk's promo was good, and then it kind of lost me in the middle. I felt like it lost steam with the whole, like, reminiscing about his greatest matches and Piper stuff. But um, I was starting to hope MJF would interrupt, actually, and then he did. And then I thought once Punk pulled out the picture of MJF as a kid with Punk, um, it got interesting again, and he picked Mm -hmm. up his intensity. And I think, like, MJF 
having nothing to say, right, is a pretty big win for Punk in like a promo battle because it's MJF and yeah, yeah. he always has a ton to say. So the fact that he got MJF basically speechless is a win. So then what I'm hoping is if they let Punk win the verbal battle, can they find a way, do you think, to let MJF win again? In a rematch? Sorry, taking a step. That's um, fine. I think they could. I'm not sure which way they're going to go. I could see it working either way. Because I, I don't know. I would love that they continue to build MJF super strong. Even if he has to cheat again, I don't really care. Because I think he's your... We keep saying he's kind of the guy I would have take the title from Paige eventually, right? Um, yeah, and I think he can always cheat. But at the same time, I feel like cheating just leaves the door open for like a decisive match. You yeah. Know what I mean... And AEW, like, I just I guess you can't really cheat in a dog collar match, though, because there's not well, really, like, find a way. No, yeah, that's like, true. It wouldn't technically I mean, like, be it cheating. Be cheating. It would right. just be underhanded, rather. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, and I think they could, AEW could sort of differentiate themselves from WWE again, because you know WWE would book this, to, they, even they Steven. They have to either go 50-50 booking, right. or they do, like, a back-and-forth trilogy. Right, that's so I feel move. like this is an opportunity to, like, not do that. And, and I mean, sometimes that's good, but, like, yeah. I do think, yeah, it's, it's an opportunity for them to And I don't think it would different. kill Punk to no, lose again. it's MJF. Right, so I don't know. That's what I would like to see happen. But anyways, I, I ended up thinking this was a pretty strong segment to start the show and not knowing it was going to be an hour of mostly talking in this first hour, right? But I thought this was good. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty strong promo, but I didn't, like, I, I liked how they cut right to the chase. I didn't think it was one of his strongest, but I think it was good. Because I, I don't think it started off the best, but it got, it grew into itself. Yep. I liked it by the end, too. There was moments where I was kind of like, okay, get to the point, but then it did pick up at For the end. For sure. Um, I think they've had better segments, um, Punk and MJF, but I think it could have benefited from some words from JF, but I also think like, yeah, it's kind of like Punk got the upper hand here, which yes. I thought was kind of cool as well. Um, I hope that MJF does pick up another win at Revolution, clean or not. I would kind of like clean because I feel like that boosts MJF more. And then also that can be like a definitive end to this as well. Um, but I'm really not sure which way they're going to go with Me this. Either. They could totally go either way. I agree. Um, dog collar matches in my favorite stipulation or anything, but I guess it's kind of like one of those classic ones. And the last one I think they did was good. Um, and I think there's kind of like, this makes sense. Cause like now MJF can't really run that far, yeah, which is ha that definitely actually makes sense. has been the thing. Yep. So I think that's actually like at least a good use right. of stipulation. Yeah. It makes sense. Right. Cause that's, he's been all about just and running away. I feel like away. the whole thing, like no interference cage thing is kind of done to death, especially when the cage purposely does not have a roof. And yeah. P yeah. People keep getting in it. Right. If so the cage you, has a roof. Then sure. What Punk was saying made sense for sure. I thought. Yeah. Yep. Um, next, we get a quick Mox Danielson package. Um, it's just highlights from the promo last week and then also the Rampage uh, thing with Lee Moriarty kind of spliced together right. um, for the match in a bit. Um, it and was it, nothing new, but I it was love a that solid segment. package, I think. Last week, I yeah. loved it, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind seeing a recap. Mm -hmm. Or it was two weeks ago, sorry. Was it? Sorry. Yeah, because last week was Mox and Punk. Oh, right. So, yeah, yep. my bad. Um, next, we get Jurassic Express interview. Um, it's mentioned that their match at Revolution is going to be a triple threat tag match for the title. So that's kind of cool. Something new. Yeah. Um, and so there's going to be matches in the coming weeks to determine the opponents. I think first spot next week will be determined in a battle royal and then a casino royale next week, which is a, a tag team. So a tag team rumble kind of. They both have to get eliminated? Are they going to do suits, I think? Huh? They both have to get eliminated? Think, or does one go and you I both go? I think that's go? usually... I can't remember. Have they done it before? You, I think... Well, they think they they've done tag battle royal before. Right. I I know WWE always goes. I always like keeping 
Like, you have to get rid of both, because then what if, like, one person just hangs on and then manages and to I, win it for both? Yeah, and I think it opens up more stories and stuff, too. Yeah, you, like, you, you can... have to, like, say two people from tag teams are up against one full tag team, right? right? Like, stuff like that. Yep. But anyways, I think that that was cool. And then the baby faces just say they'll be whoever they face. It, they didn't really do much. Let me ask you. I got mm-hmm. questions this week. What, how do you feel about Jurassic Express title run so far? Like mediocre yeah it, it's been a lot of rampage what where have they been on diamond no segments or anything right and that's kind of what i was getting at too like i don't feel like they've done much for the tag titles right like i almost forget they're champions sometimes and that's Which not sucks, good because they should be good tag champions sure and sure. this and this division is stacked right so mm-hmm. i and i do like jurassic express's matches almost every time right but i i don't think that they're like the flagship team representing that division right now it doesn't feel that they've been presented that way i don't know if it's their fault or whose fault it is but like yeah kind of a lackluster uh, tag champion for me so far yeah um and i did not like christian again like i don't know i just don't really need him and i he the one thing he said about changes in the tag division worried me about hardy boys yeah coming to the fray i and think they are i'll talk more about these later because as they kind of planted a seed in my head for this match, Uh-oh. which I not Hardy Boys, yeah, but um, something kind of interesting, and I think they could pull this off really well, All right. depending on how it goes. So I'm wondering, do you think whoever's not winning next week's match goes in the t- the Casino Royale? N- winning with next week's which match? The- so next week is the Battle Royal, right? And yeah. So the winners of that get one slot in the title match. So do you think to? D- for the casino royale which determines the second number one right. contenders the do you losers think that's go? just like all the people who didn't win the first one it's just a second chance match i hadn't thought about it i guess it could I guess, be right like i don't think they have enough tag teams to sustain like different Two rosters for both sets of and honestly i'm okay with that like could I feel be like yeah then it doesn't i don't think it really matters but who wins which but yeah still like i don't know i feel like it could it might uh, be what they do they do have a lot of tag teams i don't know if they have enough to do qualifying matches for everything but i right. guess we'll see I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest. Yeah, because I'm thinking in, like, let's say final team that lasts, like, the runner-up team in the Battle Royale gets the last entry spot. In right. The, or, like, one of the last spots. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a Joker team. Oh, the Hardy Boys are going to be the Joker team. Probably, right? That You pro- just broke that news here, I would imagine. Damn it. Why did I say that? It seems like if that's... If there's a Joker team. I, that, there's, that's usually how it goes. Because Jeff can come anytime or not. He was released, so does he, he'll have a How no long compete. How was he released, though? I don't know. I feel like it's been a bit. It has been a bit, at least. I want to say he at least got released in the fall. I think he's good, because in March something, he's indie wrestling with Matt. Right. So I don't know if that applies. Probably. I don't so know. So I think he is. Sure feels like he's coming. That sucks. <laughs> um. Anyways, we're going to go to our opener match. Yeah. Because not an opener. The opener was the punk thing. Sure um, was. Danielson versus Lee Moriarty in a technically sound enhancement match. Who enhancement match? Lee Moriarty, take that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say it was pretty much. Um, that was pretty competitive. I yeah. Don't know. No, competitive one for sure. Yeah. Um. So early on, one of the things was like he paintbrushed him, which is just like kind of a slap. Slapped him real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then later on, surfboard stretch by Danielson, but then he kind of like puts him back on his knees and then does like a dragon sleeper from the surfboard awesome. stretch which is really cool yeah um until moriarty counters out he, he um and then danielson needs to get rope break some corner uppercuts by moriarty there's an interesting kind of like 
technical back and forth after a commercial break and then yes. they're up, both upside down on their heads oh yeah they're like each other. <laughs> headstands fighting each other yeah it feels like something matt Seidel would do because yoga it was pretty contrived like, but it ended up being no, a unique unique little spot right yeah it was interesting um there's a strike exchange until moriarty gets a backside pin for two moriarty locks in a gargano escape because i forgot what they called it right um and danison counters it with a pin but moriarty hangs on so he got, does like this suplex thing to get out which is pretty cool yeah then he hits his signature like i think it's the shotgun or whatever psycho knee that there it, it is. looked I don't know good how to spell yeah it, but um and he then the wrist it. capture stomps and then he transitions into a triangle choke for no reason just flexing yeah basically um, and he gets the win so uh brian does a promo um he taught lee moriarty about violence he asked if they thought lee learned and the crowd was kind of mixed um and brian ripped on them and then brian said he approached on moxley with an offer to team up to teach wrestlers about violence and he wants an answer from moxley who then comes out Moxley said a little over a decade ago, um, he was a, like a lot of kids in the EW locker room now. He was young, angry, he was poor, and he had nothing to lose. Moxley said he took a shot at that, taking down the great American Dragon, Danielson. He talks about how they had a match, um, that how about how he had a match with Brian in Ohio, and he, Brian was late due to the weather, so they had Tracy Smothers entertain the fans. Mox says it was the first time they met where Moxley got to stand face-to-face against the man they called the best in the world. Mox said he came up short, but getting a taste of the best made him want more. Mox said that every single time he faced Danielson, probably WWE, um, he came up short, and he said mm. he's never actually beaten Danielson. He said when he came to EW, he thought he could slay the one dragon he wanted to slay, the American dragon. Moxley said Danielson doesn't want to fight because he wants to join forces with them. He talked about how awesome it could be if they fought together, and Moxley said they could create a dynasty of pure wrestling violence. Moxley said they could create something together by bringing in, bringing young guys and leaving a legacy. Mox said he couldn't think of one good reason to say no. And he said maybe Brian wanted to fight with him because he doesn't want to be against him. And that um, leads him to say um, uh, Brian didn't want Moxley uh, to do to him what he's done to everybody else for the last few years. He wondered, uh, did Danielson want to be his partner because of what they can create or because Danielson doesn't want to be destroyed? He said he's not saying yes and he's not saying no and he'll leave it up to Brian. And he said he doesn't stand side by side with nobody until he bleeds with them first. Nice. Very nice. Um, that Thoughts on the match and the promo? I really enjoyed the match and I think it ended up being my favorite match on the show. I think I liked it more than you did. Um, no, I liked it. it was good. I could literally watch Danielson wrestle a broomstick at this point, right? Like, I think his value to this company is huge because he's training with people and helping them out. Like I know he's working with Jade Cargill and probably a bunch of others and he can basically lead anyone to an excellent match. I thought this was by far my favorite Moriarty. Like I haven't seen a ton of him, but um, it's one of those, I was telling you at the time, like it's kind of like the um, Daniel Garcia, right? Where I hear how amazing he is and I'm kind of waiting to see it, but I thought he looked really good in this match. Like he had lots of counters for, most of Danielson's offense, right? Which is a feather in his cap for sure. So yeah, by far my favorite Moriarty. I thought the finish made Danielson look vicious. And he's just having a run for me right now that's up there with my all-time favorites. Like everything he's doing is just hitting huge for me. Um, The promo afterwards, I thought Mox was absolutely fantastic in this. Like this was for me peak Mox. He made it. I kind of just like, I feel like now he's just been consistently good. I just kind of forget about it, but he's still one of my favorites. I, yeah. I've loved the guy since his All I of his started. promos are really good. I thought I this mean, one was I should excellent. still love him a lot, and I do, because I liked Dean Ambrose even when, yeah, he was your favorite. Even when he got crappy. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I love, I love that promo too. And he had a great entrance. The crowd was going crazy for him, and 
I liked all the backstory about him and Danielson, whether it's true or not. I don't know. It sounded true, right? And the detail about Mox never beating Danielson. That's a nice touch too. And it doesn't, people can go back and, oh, he, it turns out it's not, it doesn't really matter if it's true, right? Um, it doesn't have to be. This is just adding it, making it more compelling. If it really is true, great. If not, it doesn't really bother me. I just thought he was awesome here and is really, mm -hmm. and I think they're smart to sort of push the decision another week, right? Like we still get to sort of, yeah. it certainly seems like Mox isn't going to join with Danielson, but that door is not completely closed. It sounds like maybe he wants to fight him first to get that question out of the way because that would answer the question, right? If he's like, if Danielson's still after him agrees after to that. have a match and then we'll worry right. about like that would right. be. Right, Danielson still wants it after right. if it is what Mox says it is. Right, so I thought it was fantastic. Good okay. match and an awesome yeah, promo Yeah, one thing after. I just saw. So you know how in Saudi Arabia the women always have to cover up? So Ronda yeah. wore like a, like I don't know, like judo or whatever, like the gi. Mm -hmm. So I thought that, that was kind of clever. Yes, we are recording that. as uh, whatchamacallit, blood money is happening. Blood money. Whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Elimination Chamber. Right, that one. <laughs> nice. Um, I think it was a pretty good match, all things considered. I would have much preferred them to stick this as the opener. I think it would have benefited from going on first. And I just think that I would have liked that better personally. But I enjoyed it for what it was, for sure. They struck a nice balance between Danielson um, controlling it and then Moriarty getting in some offense. I would have liked him for like for him to either get like a bit more offense or like some more interesting moves. I feel like he could have done maybe Who, Danielson or uh, Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah. Like, I feel like he could have done some more interesting things with what he got, but I think he was still good for what he got for sure. And Danielson undoubtedly made him look the best he's ever looked in AW before. Cause they almost seem kind of similar almost, right? Almost, a little right? bit. Whether, whether it's Moriarty adapting the style or not. Right. Like still, it's like, yeah. it's Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson from like, 15 years ago or something like Daniel at the beginning Bryanson. of his career yeah exactly <laughs> right but yeah um, i liked it yeah for sure um danielson killed him at the end but that's just kind of what you sign on for if you're enhancing brian danielson yeah um i think the mox promo after was awesome i think he spoke great just made sense from top to bottom i like that they 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 did a really cool job of helping the storyline move along while also keeping it still because right. like, it's kind of moving forward but yet the status quo remains the same because Mox still has not answered. And Mox suggesting the idea of maybe you want to join with me because you're afraid of me. Brings in something right, right. again, yeah. moving it forward. Because it could allow us for to get this kind of dream match, so to speak, but also like them in alliance. There's potential for the best of both worlds because maybe it is like Danson still wants it, and then they team up after this match, right? Well, like, it, it's kind of like of both worlds. whatever the payoff is, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, If exactly. they join forces, fine. If they have a match and don't join forces, fine. If mm -hmm. they have a match and do join forces, fine. Like, I feel I'm like good. in typical WWE, the blow-off would have been this week or actually oh, we would no, have already it, been through it, would it. Have been last week yeah, <laughs> yeah we, um we would have moved would have on decided yeah but um i think this is building really nicely i like how it's kind of stayed still but also moving forward in a way like i think they did a really cool job of that i agree mm -hmm. uh next we get a quick promo from keith lee um he says it was only a matter of time and the anticipation was tangible he says he has arrived and he's qualified for the ladder match and they did not save the best for last um he says when he tells you he's coming to make a statement he does last week was phase one live matches phase two and means when he is done the tnd title will be his two belts yeah i feel like his delivery is a little bit different from last time i saw i actually and I liked like it better this. yeah Me too. So that's what i was saying because i feel like he was generally like 
okay on the mic i could think he was like there good, was but, like, something but about there. his delivery bugged me in and, WWE. yeah and sometimes i feel like it was just off and sometimes shaky but i think this was really good i liked it like the, i thought the content was pretty generic but like his it delivery was, better. was better i agree mm-hmm. than what i am used for to whatever from it was him. i definitely like this a lot better than me too him before yeah it was good it was a quick one too i don't think this needed to be long so no not at all it was just an intro to him speaking right so i thought it was totally fine mm-hmm. uh next we get world lovers max caster in a face of the revolution ladder match qualifier squash face of the revolution ladder match i find that lengthy a big yeah why can't you just call it like revolution ladder match Something. or like uh is it the sonic ring match yep yeah that's the one yeah beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and a squash except there was a rap at the beginning yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing that makes it different. And even though, well, I guess the match itself is and the in same. A, for us, I don't know if it's all of Canada or just us, but in a relatively short match like this, we don't get picture in picture, right? So we're missing a very decent percentage of the match, which yeah, probably we'll hurts it for us a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that more, for yeah, sure. It, yeah, it comes up. Mm-hmm. We'd get zero picture in picture right mm-hmm. now for us. Right. I feel like they need to, like, even if you are getting picture in picture, it's still not the same. So, like, I feel like they should pace commercial breaks better I, if they can. If, right. Like, if they can help it, they should definitely be pacing these better, whether it's TSN or TNT. Because there's well, a couple times on this show where I feel like we missed a chunk, right, of right. a match. Yeah, I would, like, either, like, before segments or, like, within a lengthy match or, like, when there's when they know there's going to be a lull i don't know they should just be pacing these better, Time it I think. for somebody's entrance like the less important person's entrance or something you know? <laughs> right so that we come hey, back you, and they're in the could. ring and what you could yeah yeah anyways mm-hmm. like wardlow's entrance boom roasted because it's not like we always watch through the commercials but sometimes i will if it's a good match or entertaining or sometimes i'll fast forward really slowly so we can still see what's kind of happening right but we don't have that option so yeah um so post commercial break see uh caster gets out of a powerbomb with the chain assisted punch like, right he just see, has where, a chain where, after where, the where did that come from right. behind the ref's back yeah. and he falls with the mic drop which is just an elbow drop for two wardlow uses caster to knock bones out the apron and then hits a powerbomb and two more powerbombs you know the deal he gets the win he's in the ladder match uh post-match bones attacks wardlow just turns it around and then powerbombs him too right um it was just a standard squash the rap was nice to see and i found it interesting because hobbs on rampage also qualified for this he did. it's so all powerhouses exa- exactly it's in my notes later yeah i think there's still a few spots so hopefully we get less so are there's just a big man ladder match that'd be yeah, kind of inter- interesting that would be weird i mean keith lee is like different but he's still a big guy i right? was it's surprised because like... you figure dante martin's like a perfect fit right but that's nope true. loses to hobbs that's so. true um and spears did the thing at this where as wardlow's climbing the rope celebrating right spears does the chair attack to sort of right. annoy wardlow basically um, yeah we seem to be the only people that i see that aren't like loving this people seem to be loving this wardlow squash every week i don't like even like the first like, time he's getting the batista like, build that's fine but i mean does it was have batista to this boring i don't think does so. it have to be the same every week right like i don't i don't know because i didn't actually watch it but i don't think batista is this boring I it's just yeah it's just Correct the same thing wrong. every week and yes wardlow looks like a dominant monster but i mean I, it's the same thing every week so okay yeah it happened again this, is he gonna powerbomb everyone in a lot of match at the same time no. and i guess he's slowly working his way up the ranks because caster's at least a credible opponent right so yeah not a jobber at least but anyways yeah, like we've now talked about it longer than it lasted in, <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> yeah. that's true um i yeah so we should move on then uh quick interview with Britt baker and co uh martina says she knows what to do against rosa and baker says no losing this time to not forget why she brought in martinez 
Nen in the most random line in yeah. the history of ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says she's the best squad and the best sensei. Huh? You right. didn't ask? Um, and the bad sensei guy from Karate Kid, more importantly from Kuro- Cobra Kai, comes in because there's a Karate Kid show. So that is something. I watched episode one of Cobra Kai, actually. Mm. Yeah, it's I just whatever. I don't need to get into it. Like, I think Karate Kid was a good movie back then. Yeah. And I don't, but like, I don't have any interest in no. any ensuing spinoffs or like, I don't need. It was more my childhood, right? So I would have that nostalgia. Right, for and it. even you're not. No, after not that. Super. And like, especially my thing is like, you're bringing back like the actors for what was it? It was Daniel and was the bully Johnny, Johnny. and then the leg, sensei. Johnny. Like, what is Mr. Miyagi in there? No. Is he dead? I don't know. He's probably dead. I don't know. But anyways, like I don't know. I just feel it's, it's like um, I watched. I was watching this video like where they, he mentioned it. But I remember used. I used to see ads for it. It was like um, where they like bring in old TV actors and like to start new shows. Like yeah. uh, Matt LeBlanc. Yep. Um, he was. I forget what his show was called, but it's basically like, hey, remember this TV star? And then you just place them in a new show. I think show. it was called Joey. No, no, no. It was something else. Oh. It was. I don't know. It was kind. Of, it was like a couple years ago. I think. Or, like, basically, I just don't like it because it's, like, you're bringing, like, the, the nostalgic people, so to speak, yeah. like, just to, like, recognize, and then, like... Well, um, listen, if it was the not... show Episodes you're talking about, because he was in that, and he played himself, that show's amazing. I don't know. It was, he like... He played he was... himself as sort of a famous, arrogant, overpaid actor. He, he was older. I think it was, like... Oh. Last Man Stand... No. Anyways. I don't know. Anyways, this is weird. Yep. It's my point. <laughs> it was weird. I agree. Um, Martina says it's time to murder a biatch. She walks off and Baker asks what to do if she loses and Sensei McGee, I chose to write, sure. says finish her and no mercy. So is she, so basically Martina said she's going to murder Rosa, but are they implying that if she does not in fact murder Rosa, they will murder her? Yes, I think that's basically what they're implying. Murder. Murder. Wow. Mm, interesting. Um, oh, I, murder him with feet. I didn't love this segment. I didn't think Mercedes sounded great and the karate kid guy sensei mcgee is it sorry i don't <laughs> i just said that for no reason i don't think he added anything it felt like one of those desperate... should i know his name like I, I don't remember it felt like one of those desperation moves like oh he's some sort of celebrity so just shoehorn him in here right like um, he's like old but somehow also current and before seeing what happened the rest of the show i my notes say like feels like something's got to give in brit's group does hater turn or it seems like Martinez obviously could fail and be out as well. Even but though they announced, seems kind of they revealed this last week. Right, they revealed her in this group last week, and she kind of already has the the killer and hater in her group already, right? So it's like she's ignoring her and bringing in someone else. I would else. rather Martinez but in that group than Hater. I don't even know who Hater is. I like Martinez and I like um, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa and all of them, but Hater. I, we'll, we'll talk about the match later. I, I guess. hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I I thought the promo, other than Cobra Kai, was whatever. It was fine, I guess. Yeah, it was just... That just made it strange. I don't watch Cobra Kai, so I don't care about Sensei Man. I know him from Karate Kid only, and that doesn't mean much to me. So I'm not like, ooh, nostalgia. No, me either. I didn't Um, really care. Other than that, it was fine. There's just not really much here. Nope, I agree. Um, Hangman Page speaks... Um, so right off the bat, Tan Hands Baby cuts him off. Uh-huh. What is with his hand? Oh my God. Uh, yes. I couldn't not look so at we'll it. We'll get it out of the way now, right? Spray tan um, hand. Right. And it's not even like, it's not even like he to has the spray extreme. tan. He, he looks normal. It's just his hand, the outside of his hands. It's like he but went like... to get his whole body spray tanned and they just put all of it on his hand. 
right yeah it was really it's like his hands are like and i think it was both hands too yeah no you could tell on his mic hand but then when i yeah and it's like he looked normal other than that like it was it was really weird (laughs) and you couldn't because he's holding the microphone and it's right (laughs) you couldn't not focus i had trouble it's like um, when cody had the flame retardant yes and like they're following what is that they're they're following behind him in the crowd right you just like it's all you can see yeah it's it's right in plain sight yeah yeah so (laughs) it's really weird um but anyways he cuts a hangman off almost right away um Cole tells them to give Paige a round of applause, and he has been in some battles against Danielson times two, Omega and Archer. Um, mid All very good matches. Yeah, he's like he's just like he's talking. I forget about specifically in his mid sentence. He just tells Shivani to get the hell out. Yep, of course <laughs> somebody really has to, right? He is basically useless. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, he says Hangman has earned the right to call himself world champion. That's kind of how winning the title works, but I mean sure yep uh and cole has been champion everywhere he's been yeah mm-hmm. um hangman says cole's friends built a company without him yeah that was pretty inconsiderate of them if i'm being Decent honest point though um and it must be weird to stand in the ring with his roh and bullet club buddy and look at the one world title he will never hold i don't appreciate the sentiment i like this i liked all of this yeah but him. that implies that cole's sense. not gonna win it which i don't really appreciate because that's not well, right. it's kind of like you always thought you were better than me, and look who got here first and started this, and it has the belt. And while you were in the minor league somewhere else, holding the I title for a year is what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole talks about all of Hangman's broken friendships and mentions he hasn't been associated with Dark Order in a while. True. Which that is true. I think yep. not since. I don't know. It's just this um, idea. I think that everybody ends up getting rid of you, right? Like mm-hmm. you're always with people. I mean, Dark Order didn't even want to, and then you're on want your own. to do that, but right. Cole can leave that detail out. Yep, exactly. Um, Hangman says he's imperfect, and Cole doesn't have the best friendship record either. That's not very also nice. true. Uh, Cole says he's known him for over a decade. And anytime they've been together, Hangman has been the other Adam. That is true. Yep. Uh, Cole plays nice as Hangman looks to fight, and Cole says there's no one he would rather face in AEW. And when they face off one-on-one for the title, he says, me the best man win. Adam Cole. Um, Cole's music hits, and he turns his back. He's walking out the ramp, and the music's hit, and it's over. But no. <laughs> Redragon are back. More specifically, Kyle O'Reilly is back. And Redragon beat down Hangman before Cole comes back to join in. Um, that, like, it's not quite the same, but it kind of reminds me of the old NXT bait-and-switch with the graphic at the bottom of the screen yes you like, used to have they, to watch to the last last second remember takeover chicago right that. they played the graphic and then boom champ is beating up yep. gargano loved i thought all this that. was like akin to that a bit right like yep. they're playing his music and everything and like he's like i feel like it'd be different he's like walking up the ramp and there's like nothing but like they played his music and everything right so i feel like that was kind of a cool bait and switch um so they're just beating down hangman um as they do and security come out there um kind of get beat up by Yui a little bit and then Dark Order come out as well so they flee and then Ten takes out security because he's a muscular boy yeah yeah I I like this interaction between these two I think they both kind of made sense in the characters they're playing and the history between the two all like it's a it's real because it actually happened and b that always is my favorite stuff right it's Adam versus Adam what more do you want that kind of makes it for me and they're both really good on the mic I think Cole is incredible on the mic and Paige has proven to be pretty good as well um so I think it's a pretty realistic story and uh AEW expect their fans to be aware of the history between these two which is also nice right it's assumed that our fans are kind of smart and following follow wrestling beyond just our product 
which other companies don't really treat us that way, right? They assume we don't know anything. So I, and I guess the idea with, because I did watch Rampage, right, was to quickly heat up 10 to face Cole, right? As he was, as 10 was killing all of the security guys, I guess. But yeah, I mean, Indie wrestler. again, a super talk heavy first hour of this show, but I, I thought this was another good talking segment. Yeah, um, I like the promo from Cole a lot. I think it's pretty good. Love some good Adamander Cole. Um, I think Hangman had some good lines as well, the other Adamander. Um, I never thought about it too much, but these guys do have a bunch of history, so that really helps. I always like that. It's never like necessary, but it always helps a feud a lot, I think. Yep. Um, I like the little bait and switch with Cole's music playing one on Redragon Attack. I think I'm just going to permanently call them Redragon. Seems like that's what you're doing. Yeah, just kind of there it's in my brain now yeah that's fine that's how i um, spell it they want you to say is, it differently although spell they, it differently. they they do it like red all caps and then dragon so it's like red dragon or red, red dragon red dragon yeah but i the way i did it was like i was thinking it's like r and then e's a lowercase and then you go dragon right like yeah instead of not a capital e because then it's like red and then dragon so redragon right yeah but anyways um <laughs> Uh, I thought it was nice to see Kyle Riley back a week, yeah, a, a week after we were like, he's gone because of baby. He's yep. back. He's back. So, but that that's good. That's good. Um, and just in time for the tag team battle royale. Um, and um, Unspeared Era back is great. Um, I'm, I'm going to call them that. His cause... baby and the Gargano baby will be tag team champions in like 18 years from now. Calling it in 2040. Wait, he, did O'Reilly have a daughter or did he have a I don't know. son? Doesn't oh, matter. No. They're still, they'll still be taking champions. Yep, I it. mean, who was it? Um, some I want to say it was Rick Steiner and Judy Bagwell were tag champs or whatever. <laughs> Judy Bagwell. Yep. <laughs> I know. I want to say There's a talent. It was, I think, I feel like it was one of the Steiners. Talk about the women's revolution. <laughs> it began with Judy Bagwell. Judy Bagwell is responsible for On the women's On a pole. Revolution. Nope, forklift. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, Judy Bagwell is responsible for the women's revolution, not Stephanie McMahon, okay? Correct. Judy Bagwell. Oh, yeah, Stephanie McMahon. Good job. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. Um, with the Cole Hangman feud building, I think we need Unspeared Era versus Hangman and Grayson and Uno. And then, because um, they had a segment later, I totally forgot that the Bucks also exist. They um, do, in fact, exist. <laughs> yes. So you could do another 10-man tag, Dark Order against Bucks, except this time take out stupid Doc Gallows and Omega and There Anderson. hasn't been one of those, like, I want to say random, like multi-man, you know, mm-hmm. like four and four no, or five saying, on five. You do like a Survivor Series match again. You do um, on the Spirit Era and the Bucks versus Dark Order, which ideally is Hangman. Silver. Uh, Silver, Reynolds, Grayson, Uno. Yeah, that works. Of course. Yep. Um, I think that'd be cool. But overall, I enjoyed this very much. Me too. Um, we got a quick Darby Allen Sammy Guevara package, and Darby's talking about how they both like risk a lot, and they seem to have a death wish to like fill a void or whatever, and he says the void is the TNT title. And you can look at any time they faced off in AEW or the Indies. And Dar- Sammy says Darby was a good TNT champion. In fact, he was. Um, but he won't be better than him. He was, though. Um, and what did you think? I, it's just a solid hype package focusing on their similar, like, it's the Daredevil battle, right, basically. Yeah. So I thought it was good. I little... thought it was solid. And yeah. I, I, it was good because um, I forgot that these guys ever faced off. Right. So that, I always like that reminder, helpful, too. Because yep. I, 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 if... If you told me they faced off for the first time here, I'd be like, okay, yeah. But you're supposed to be the one that remembers everything, okay? It's my job to not remember anything. No, it's your job to purposely forget it. Well, not purposely, but it happens. Just Just naturally. You get paid to forget. That's correct. Yeah, all right. Um, Next week, speaking of Sammy Guevara, Inner Circle stuff. Uh, Proud and Powerful versus Jericho and Hager. Right. 
Jericho and brick wall. Hager, uh-huh. the an- what did I say? He's got anti-charisma. The anti-charisma. Like he makes me want to look away instead the of actually. anti-rock. Instead of actually watch. It's too bad, man, because he's big and he has an amateur background, but he's just so. He's un- not even that interesting in the ring, too. He's, he's not. Just like... He's just not interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a fine to be tagged before the match even starts, though. Kingston comes out in return, so that's nice. Got a good reaction, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, corner toss by Santana to Jericho and a drop kick to the back. Uh, Fisherman suplex by Ortiz for two. Swagger bomb, AO. Yay. Uh, for two by Hager. Just a, it's just like a springboard splash from the corner. It's, it's like a, it's like he runs, jumps over, and does a Vader bomb, but yes. swagger bomb. Um, hot tag for by Santana until Jericho comes in with the code breaker and Hager hits a, a side slam. Wow. It's big for man. Two. Yeah, big slam. Uh, Bulldog by Jericho. Uh, Russian leg sweep off the ropes by Santana for two. And Ortiz takes out Hager on the outside with the cannonball. A street sweeper. Yeah. yeah for a near fall. Which not Why broken up. Why the hell did Jericho kick out? Kick out? Yeah, I, we weren't thrilled will, with that. I will angrily talk about this after. Um, Santana gets a rope break after getting caught and putting the walls of Jericho. And Chico takes out Kingston for some reason. Then there's this weird like sequence of events in the finish where like, so Santana's hitting stuff and then like, uh, to he's hitting like strikes and crap to Jericho, and then Ortiz like hits a cheap shot, and then Santana's a discus Larry for the win. So it's like that. Fi- it's like that combo they did to two point except stupid. Yeah, I didn't love it. Either. It was weird. I don't know. Um, what did you think? I thought this? the match was good, and I thought the crowd made it even better because they were super into it. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the finish, basically being a lariat, but I thought the match itself was good. Santana and Ortiz specifically looked great, and I mean. If Hager were at all interesting, right, in any way, if he weren't the charisma vacuum that he is, I think it would have been even better. But I just struggle to care about anything he does. And we've talked about Jericho's definitely not in his prime, right? But I still thought this was a pretty enjoyable tag team match. And I I would really like Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz together. And I know I already suggested it, but they would be cool with trios titles or chasing those titles or in that division if the titles ever existed. But yeah, I thought it was a good tag team match. You? Yeah, so I don't know. I had I had kind of mixed feelings about this because like I feel like it was I feel like it was like pretty nice when um power and powerful were in control of course. Agreed. But then like I feel like when Jericho and Hager are in control, mainly Hager, I will say Jericho's actually not the worst defender here. It just kind of like slows. You're kind of just waiting for the other guys to get control it again. <laughs> kind of starts to bore me. Yes, it kind of evened out to a fine match, but the finish was really weird. If I'm being honest. And I think it was going well enough, and I was so happy to get a street sweeper. And but who in their right mind let Jericho kick out of it? And then they had the audacity to call a wonky finish where they went with the discus layer and not the street sweeper. Like, what was the point of they even putting had, in the street sweeper you, if you're not if you're gonna have him kick out and then not win with it after? You can have Swagger break it up, right? But I didn't yeah. love the kick out either. Um, why why even use the street sweeper if you're not going to win with it you don't kick out of the street sweeper jack wants the street sweeper protected ladies yeah the street sweeper deserves that's a looks pretty cool b name a better move that sounds cooler than that do it (laughs) you can't yeah street sweeper is a sick name that move should be protected that should be like a a smash contraption you shouldn't uh, well people have already kicked yeah they definitely have okay bad example uh doomsday no Uh, one winged angel yeah, should be the one-winged angel tag team. There moves. you go. So, yeah, Jericho, this you should not have done that. Um, and all jokes aside, I do think the finish was pretty wonky. Like, I do too. It was not it what was I expected. Sudden and just kind of like weird. Like, 
And like Jerk, I, I think Jericho's trying to pass off now that Kingston was involved. Cause, I think know. so. But he distracted he, him. He, or no, something. but he attacked Kingston. Like Kingston didn't actually get involved. So I it, the whole thing's kind of weird. I thought Should have so been too. a street sweeper. I'm happy they won, but like street sweeper. Yep. Like sweep them streets. You yep. know. Um, next, we get a promo from with uh, Undisputed Era and the Bucks. I almost said UB again, and I hate myself. I just have that. Elite and Red Dragon myself, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I go the other way, because Undisputed Era and Bucks. Yeah, that's true. You know? yeah. Um, Cole Sound and Rampage is going to beat up 10 of the Dark Order, and Jay White is going to beat Trent Beretta. In fact, that is exactly that is what, what happened. happened. It's I didn't. I do not know how he knew that. Um, Cole mentioned the tag team title opportunities with um, Red Dragon arguing with the Bucks about who's the better team. Ooh, uh, Bucks, I think. I, unfortunately. I don't know. It's um, close. Bucks mentioned Kyle not being there recently, so Kyle said he had a baby. Right. Um, Nat Jackson said he had two of them, and Nick said he had three. Yeah, that was kind of funny. That I didn't know. Like having one baby, big deal. We've got more kind mm-hmm. of deal. I didn't. I thought I did not know Nick had three. I thought he had two. That's weird. Um, Cole tried to get everybody to get along, and then they leave on opposite sides. So I thought it was a solid little segment. Again, good to see Kyle Riley back. And now I remember there's two battle royals, right, and two tile shots. So they kind of planted in my head that Red Dragon take separate and routes. Bucks could yeah. both get tile shots in here. And it would kind of further this kind of hostile relationship within this group. And Cole having that a would be an yep. amazing match. It like, would. Put them in there and then throw in Jurassic Express. Like, that would be awesome. Yep. You know what I mean? That would and be. And, like, I think that's what they should do because it, it works on a couple different levels, right? And then also, who else is going to really step up, especially pay-per-view? And you can have whoever you decide you want to protect not being pinned, right? Right. And, like, I don't think, like, I feel feel like Red Dragon would get protected because they're still relatively new. I think the only team that you don't need to protect there is Jurassic Express. I feel like they could take the pin and we'd have new champs. Red Red Dragon? Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, like, I just don't see, like, even, like, the Acclaimed, I think they're they're kind of, like, on a downturn a bit. And, like, I I don't think they need to go for it anyways plus i'd like to have them get like a personal shot rather than like this right i think this is the perfect uh, way to kind of further this storyline so i really hope that's what they do and i know aw smart so it's not like i'm like just kind of hoping for it here like they might think of it i'm hoping for Rollins to win tonight but wwe's stupid so (laughs) right yeah yeah i thought this was good too more of cole being the peacemaker right between these two tag teams that are i'm sure eventually going to face each other some way whether it's your idea there or somewhere else so and I'm fine with, again, like a slow burn on this story, right? Because Cole seems to have a lot going on right now. So this is just sort of a back burner story that they can uh, come back to later because it looks like he's inserting himself in the main title picture as well. So he's a busy guy. But yeah, I like this. Oh, that'd be cool for a dragon and Cole, both all one gold. And Revolution. The Prophecy. Ah, oh, the Prophecy. Mm-hmm. And, and Roddy comes and wins the North America or the TNT. <laughs> Oh, he just like goes in the ladder match and then wins the ladder match and just like, hey, chump, face me now, and then wins the title then. Right. And yeah, uh, that's what they, they, should, they should do that. Yeah. They should do that. For I sure. think it's very likely. It's happening. It's likely. It, no, it's promised. They promised it to me. I'm pretty sure. Um, next, we have Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa in no DQ match in the perhaps the most underwhelming no DQ match I've seen this side of NXT 2.0. It was a little underwhelming. Yep um and because i like both of these women women's a lot. match of the week it was um martinez is sent through the barricade so she just kind of gets whipped and then just one of the barricade pieces falls over yep. so i thought that was kind of weird um to just kind of go through it hard but i just thought it was weird like just the whole thing collapsed it did um they brawl in the crowd a fisherman suplex by martinez off the apron into a slanted table after the 
break and it just kind of like it was like a slide dense. they kind of slid down and then it broke at the bottom right where yeah. rosa was it wasn't mm-hmm. the most impactful <laughs> it was kind of funny um speaking of impactful there was a spider suplex in the corner by martinez that with rosa awesome. looking landing high best move of the match crucifix bomb by rosa and then <laughs> speaking of impactful um rosa wins with a fire thunder driver quote unquote on the chairs yeah onto uh, her own thigh <laughs> as she went through the chairs into the funny. chairs yeah uh, and then after they attack rosa and then martinez kind of hesitates hitting rosa with the pipes and then she gets attacked too yeah um i really like both of these women i'll say it again but this match did disappoint me again this is the the other time where i thought without picture in picture we missed a decent chunk of this match at kind of an important time right um i thought the beginning of this was a bit slow too much like just running people into stuff which is not my favorite use of these things not enough wrestling for me especially since both of these women can wrestle really well so i felt like we were kind of deprived of that for me this either needed more time or they needed to do more time in the time they were given if that makes sense um there were a couple of cool spots for sure like the spider german looked awesome but i was personally hoping for more and the the karate kid stuff just all together because it resurfaced here right Um, oh yeah it did it kind of feels beneath aew to me like this is like just throwing in a celebrity for the sake of celebrity but and a mercedes affiliation with brit was super short right so i don't really care about them turning on her and jumping her after the match because it's been what a week that they were together two weeks so anyways i assume this means we get it feels like rosa and mercedes tag team is happening to sort of stall getting to brit and rosa i don't know because it yeah, felt like uh, so Thunder Rosa and Mercedes were sort of like sympathetic towards each other at the end of this, which leads me to believe they might so work like together. So that's building up. Like I feel like right. that's either <laughs> that's a rampage match. Right. That is such a rampage. That's what it match. feels like to me. But anyways, I yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a bad match, and especially it's hard to follow the Page um, Archer match too, right? Because this was supposed to be... I don't even feel like they tried. No, so I, I was a little disappointed. I don't think it was bad, but I didn't love it either. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, Yeah, I was very disappointing, very underwhelming. Part of it has to do with where they decided to put the commercial breaks. As for us, the short match got made even shorter. Yes. They needed and deserved more time than this. Um, Or they should have used this time better. This is not at all near the standards of other similar matches before it. Like I said, not like they didn't even try. And especially from the talents involved, I would expect better. Uh, the aftermath was kind of odd, and I know from Rampage we're getting Baker versus Rosa Revolution, which I can't imagine that's a blow-off match. No, it shouldn't unless be. Unless more is revealed. Like, it seems yeah. like a fairly basic match. I agree. Um, next, we get a quick House of Black promo. We're talking about violence and justice, and King asks, um, or after they there's a knock on the door, King asks who they're waiting for, and Black says history. And we're going to get House of Black versus penta and pack next week i guarantee they're false advertising joker penta again so this definitely this one i felt like was a little more cryptic than usual but it sounds like they're teasing the arrival of someone as you suggested maybe buddy matthews is it now yeah fka buddy murphy so he does make a reference to history here right so apparently they do oh. have a history so Ha-ha. but i mean that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be by him, that but... logic it could be cesaro right so or... it feels like somebody's coming and yeah. i like the overall it still had that kind of that kind of dark feel that i like to these segments it was just a and it was quick just a little more cryptic than some but yeah it was good oh <laughs> yeah right yeah um another pretty Keeping cool quick package um it sets up someone else i think um happy for the match next week maybe pentagon dark <gasps> dark pentagon could joker could be oh wait haha no 
he should do um a ring gear based on batman who laughs which is joker batman could be because batman's darker than joker sure he is um i'm not sure who's knocking but rumor was murphy um he'd be knocking again (laughs) (laughs) um so next we get a quick promo from jay white's switchblade uh jay white talked about how everyone is talking about him and he's the leader of Bullet Club. He's going to show all of AEW that this is still his era. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of liked because his logic was that he's basically responsible for AEW because he, he chased Omega. Omega out of New right. Japan. I like that. And so without him, Omega wanting to get away from Jay White, we would never have AEW. So I thought that was that was cool. And I, I thought he was good in this quick segment. It wasn't very long. It was just introducing us to Jay White in AEW. I guess I thought it did a good enough job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a fairly basic promo, but I think it was good. Quick one. I should try to catch his Rampage match. You already watched I it, did, so yeah. whoops, too late. <laughs> um, I hope he gets a match good. on Dynamite soon. Then I'd have to watch it. Ha! Jay White is good. He is you good. thought he wasn't. I, he's, I think he's polarizing because his style is pretty slow. Like, he can do everything, but he's kind of, like, deliberate and stuff. So I think some people don't. Anyways, I think he's fine, yeah. I should watch New Japan, Jay White. Yeah. Yeah, I probably won't, but I should. Um, and then we come to our main event for Darby Allen versus Jamie Guevara for the TNT Championship and the TNT Championship, because there's two. That's right. Um, I thought it was a solid main event from two guys who have no problem diving off of many different things. True. How many things did they dive off here? I do not know. Uh, Fireman's carry Godbuster on the top rope by Sammy, and then Darby kind of like flips off on the and hits off the apron too. So that was kind of yeah, cool. nice, nice landing. Well, not nice. I mean, it looked good. It probably didn't feel good, but yeah, <laughs> right. Um, there's coffin splashes in the corner by Darby, and then he targets the knee more, which apparently Sammy during the commercial break again didn't see. Missed it. Darby hangs Sammy in the tree of woe and targets a leg more, which is really cool. Uh, we get an avalanche Spanish fly later. Um, Darby catches a springboard, locks in a figure four for a bit. Um, later on, Sammy Guevara caught a suicide dive with a cutter, which looked really cool. It did. Um, He missed like a swanton and hits hard off of the apron. Yeah, that looks good too. <gasps> Teasing Jeff Hardy. Could be. Jeff Hardy did that exact Battle same thing. Battle of the thing. swantons. He did that exact thing at SummerSlam 2018. I remember because he did it. I believe you. Um and yeah so they're teasing jeff hardy he's definitely confirmed it, i wouldn't even be surprised if tim mcgraw has face paint it. next week right yeah and he's just like he's just he just does his he reveals himself like to be jeff hardy <gasps> this whole time it was oh. him all along yeah wait you remember you kept saying that about someone else what 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 was <laughs> I don't it remember. um no because you kept saying like someone was secretly I somebody I, you, I remember you were doing that but i don't remember and who it was, was thoroughly entertaining i'm sure but i <laughs> yeah. don't remember who I, was he i should remember. i do remember doing it i should remember but i had a whole story going if for anyone it. can like figure remember this for us then that would be did we talk about well, it on here or was I it just think, in life i feel like that's something like that you kept doing here it was someone like I'm sure it was brilliant I want to say it was like Adam something Adam Cole or like uh no it was Britt Baker no I don't know <laughs> I <laughs> can't remember um Andrade interferes and prevents a coffin <laughs> drop and then uh, Guevara limps and hits a GTH for the win and yeah. then there's some nonsense with the AHFO basically Andrade raises the t- two titles is he leaving with the belts he's walking up the ramp did. with them right I think he did yeah so I was is this a belt stealing thing because like that kind of bugs me steal yeah, their property is. and earn a match it's my favorite <laughs> my favorite angle just steal something but belongs to them Brody and then, lee did that um i enjoyed the main event it was one of the matches like 
it was one of the different ones for Darby Allen, right? Where he's not just, he gets to showcase his versatility, as I guess what I'm saying. He's not just the guy that's going to get dominated and thrown around and then end up winning at the end. He actually showed some technical ability, right? Some limb targeting. Um, and it kind of seemed like Sammy was more of the risk taker high flyer in this. I thought the Spanish fly, the dive countered into a cutter looked awesome and the miss sent on too. Um, a good match and a really strong defense for Sammy while it kind of still protects Darby Allen because Andrade did get involved, right? So um, I still think they need to get Sammy Guevara into a well-developed feud with a believable challenger. And I think that's maybe what they're going to do with Andrade. I really hope so because Andrade is a star. So I loved seeing Andrade ending the show because he's been sort of not involved in matches and things for a while. But uh, I hated that Hardy had to be involved with him, right? Like, I, it's kind of like, on one hand, super happy Andrade's there, but why does he have to have Hardy with him? But anyways, and yeah, my last question was, is he stealing the belts? Because that was kind of the final image was him going up the ramp with the belts, I thought. But yeah, a, a good main event. Yeah, um, I not amazing, but I saw a the clip. very good match, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a good match. I feel like it kind of underwhelmed me a bit. Um, I think it was good. Some of the spots were nice, um, but I feel like they could have done a little better. And for a main event, felt a little underwhelming to me. I did kind of like Darby changing it up and working the leg after Guevara tweaked it, but I think he works best on the backpedal and also jumping off things. Yes. Um, good match, but I expected a little more personally. Andre seems to be set up as the next in line. Should be a cool match. I find it funny raising both TNT titles. You know, it'd be funny is he should just steal one title and be like, because so Sam can still keep one, and then. You just like have a unification match. Like, who was that? Moose? <laughs> if you just have a title for long enough, or EC3, or whatever that. Uh, no, Moose. Remember, remember how much I hated that? You, oh, the controller narrative? Yes. They're starting a wrestling promotion. They are. <laughs> I saw um, Braun Strowman and EC3. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, no, because Moose had the teeny title because Tessa Blanchard was. Right. Wherever, right? And so then he just got eventually it. Eventually, it got sanctioned just to be unified. Right. It was, <laughs> and the whole storyline involving it was awful. But, anyways. Yes um so, so overall for this show, the show yeah really it was an episode of like two different hours right hour one was virtually all promos and segments because i went back and checked it had about 17 minutes of wrestling in the first hour and then the second half they sort of packed with matches right and i, I overall i did enjoy the show i thought the punk promo ended up being good the moxley promo was excellent danielson moriarty was my match of the night uh, but i did like the main event as well most of the major matches and angles were, I thought, at least effective, right? But not quite. It didn't quite have that feel of like an A show for me. So I went just below that with a B minus. But considering the amount of talking, especially in the first half, still a very enjoyable show with, uh, I thought, a sort of a nice coming out party kind of for Lee Moriarty for me because that match I really enjoyed. So I gave it a B plus. What about you this week? Um, yeah, so uh, I think overall it's a solid show. In terms of matches, we got a good uh, first one, Danielson Moriarty. Cast Ward, though, was par for the course. Um, prime power for Jericho and Hager was generally solid, but the finish disappointed me. Um, but right result, at least, I guess. Rosa Martinez was disappointing and Agreed short. Agreed with that. Uh, main event was good, but a little underwhelming. A uh, segment seemed to be better than most of the matches. I wouldn't put it first, but the Punk promo was good. Um, the Jurassic Express quick one was fine. Mox promo after the dancing match. Loved that. Yep. I think Keith Lee's promo was very good, especially for him. Uh, Baker's segment was whatever. The Hangman Cole segment was very nice. Uh, Alan Guevara package was solid. The Undisputed Era Bucks segment was good, too. And uh, the House of Black and Jay White promos were fine as well. Overall, I didn't think it was a bad show, but I don't think there's anything spectacular either. I was thinking of B, but the dancing match and the 
two main segments I liked help it out a bit. So I'll give it a B plus, a yeah. little on the low end. Yeah, not right, and just not quite that A caliber show, right? But still um, worthwhile and a fun to watch. I thought overall. All right, so let's move into take a break from uh, looking at weekly stuff and get into a little bit of trivia this week and the segment we like to call off the top of his head. All right, so as we discussed a little bit, it uh, was recently my birthday, and one of the things I got, I think I asked for it and everything, is a wrestling WWE, in fact, trivia book. So it's from 2021. The back even says, um, up-to-date and accurate facts. You know how sometimes you are more correct than the actual. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's saying 100% verified and accurate information that's still relevant in 2021. Now we are 2022, but barely. You won't find many, any, sorry, misinformed facts over here, they claim. So they better not. It's got 22 chapters. Chapter one is history and origin of WWE. So I'm going to start you out light this week with 15 questions. There's about 30 per chapter. So I'm trying to make it last a little bit if they're good. So this is our first week. So I thought we'd start out short with just 15. And some weeks we may do more, some less. But let's see what you know. So you do have multiple choice options if you like. And again, this is history and origins. I will purposely try not to use them. Okay. In what year did the World Wrestling Federation at WWF change its name to World Wrestling Entertainment? 2002. 2002 is correct. Very good. Which of these, so you're going to have to deal with the choices, was not a former trademark for WWE? Okay. WWF, WWW, CWC or WWWF? WWW. Correct. Yeah. So I knew. Uh, I knew WWWF because that was pre WWF. But I didn't know CWC. And, well, I figured that was real because remember, that's where NXT was. Right. So I figured by that logic, and that would have been. Actually, it was in the bonus stuff. Let me tell you. It says the CWC is the Capital Wrestling Corporation, and it actually was the earliest name used by. The wrestling body, its use went as far back as 1953. So it's like super old. Good. Mm. Um, really hard one. What family played a significant role in the foundation of WWE? Oh, the McMahon. Don't need the choices? No. The, uh, it's I, not uh, the Russos or the Heymans or the Wyatts? Those are the, the other. The Wyatts, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the other the three Wyatt choices. The Wyatt family were crucial in the beginning of WWF. What WWF. era of professional wrestling is best known as the Golden Age? What is it like? Do you want options? Late 80s? I don't know how they So your options it. are 80s, 90s, 70s, 2000s. 80s. Correct. Yeah. That is okay. when I started watching, basically. I didn't know if say. it was like, we're going like, I was my I would have gone like late 80s if it was more specific. Right. No, just 80s. All right. True or false? The CWC, as we said, WWE's earliest trademark, was formerly under the National Wrestling Alliance until 1963 when Vincent J. McMahon withdrew the company. Right. So basically, it was the CWC affiliated, affiliated, sorry, with National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. Yes, it was. You're right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I don't know why you would know that, but you do. Who ended? And I think you know this without even choices, but we'll see. I think it may have come up before. Who ended Bruno Sammartino's record-breaking run as champion in 1971? Ivan Koloff. Correct. You are right. The other options were Dominic Danucci. Who? I don't know. Hulk Hogan or Andre oh. the Giant? Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Right. Um, number seven, Andre the Giant became the top super super superstar super su- star. superstar superstar in the whole wrestling industry in the 1970s. 
In what year did he join WWF? 79? No. Too late. Do you want options? 7. 72, 73, 74, 75. 74. 73. You don't know anything. You You say you know wrestling. Number eight. Hulk Hogan. This one's real hard. Okay, so pay close attention. Hulk Hogan recorded one of the earliest cult followings in WWE history. What name was given to his fan base? Oh, do you want do you want the options because they're good the canaanites right <laughs> no <laughs> yeah um a uh, hulkamaniacs but what are the options hulkamania yeah uh hulk mafia <laughs> that would be awesome hulkaship or the hulkings the hulking yeah so yes indeed it was hulkamaniacs or hulkamania i would have accepted which music star helped the wwf gain widespread attention by joining the company and including superstars in her music videos. Cindy Lauper. Correct. Very good. I was literally, I was about to say just Cindy Lauper randomly, just because I was like, music, Cindy Lauper. Yeah. The other options were Dolly Parton, Aretha Franklin, and Madonna. I think Aretha Franklin did. She sang something. She was something. at Mania 3, I right. think it was. Yeah. I, she, I know yeah. she was at least there once. So the Attitude Era of WWE took place between what years? Oh, I don't know. It's take, I would go like 97 to 2001. So they, they went 97, 2002. Okay. Very yeah, good. That's fair. Um, pretty sure you know this one. The WWE Championship was initially known as the WWF Championship. Who was the first winner? Buddy Rogers. Correct. The original Nature Boy. That's right. Um, who won the inaugural WWE World Heavyweight Championship? Mm, I have Randy options. Randy Orton? No, not Wait. one of the options. Wait, WWE World Heavyweight Like, oh, Triple H? Yes, that's Okay, correct. so, sorry, because I was thinking... Explain yourself. How dare you? Okay, right. So, <laughs> Triple H was awarded the World Heavyweight title, formerly the WCW title in 2002, right? Because right? he was number one contender to Lesnar's WWE title, but yeah. he signed exclusively to SmackDown, yeah. right? Previously being dual-branded champion. But I was thinking, because... They always call that just the World Heavyweight title. Right. But WWE World Heavyweight title is when they unified that with the WWE title so in 2013. And that was Randy Orton. Good for so you. So that was my logic. That is sound so logic. So technically, I was right either that lost way. lost me. You were. Either way, of course. 13. When did, so like what year, did the PG era of WWE begin? 2008. Why do you know that? Because I'm pretty sure there was like a cage match with Batista and <laughs> someone got in trouble for that. And so uh, one of the other facts at the end of the chapter is that's when blood was banned as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it still happens. Um, 14. So second last one. Penultimate question. Who won the first ever WWE championship after WWF became WWE? Lesnar? No. Or was it The Rock? No. Neither of those. Hogan. I have options. Taker. Undertaker is correct. It's not an auction. Just bidding on <laughs> And final. Something 2002. Which I love because 15 happens to be really hard. In 1963, who became the first ever president of the then WWF? I have options. And actually, the options would have made it obvious who the person was for Jack me. Jack Despite never hearing of him. No. He's one of the options, okay. but he is not the answer. No, okay. No, it's not. Okay. So here are your options. Ready? Willie Gilsenberg, Roddy Piper... Gorilla Monsoon or Jack Tunney? Roddy Piper. No. no. The weird guy? Willie Gilsenberg. It was 1963. It's not oh. Roddy Piper. It's 63. Uh. Anyways, yes. So Willie. you didn't know. 
So you don't know anything. No. We've, we can confirm <laughs> your knowledge of wrestling is next to nothing. Right. No. Good job. I don't know. How did you think? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. And each chapter gets different. We read through what the topics of the chapters are. So I think we'll keep going back to that book. Very easy for me. I guess I should give the book credit. What's it called? WWE Trivia Fun Facts and Trivia Questions to Find Out How Much You Know. Uh, no author listed on the cover or anywhere else, it looks like. so. Oh, by Steve Pierce. There you go, Steve Pierce. But anyways, that's... Just, you just got a big time shout out on a big yeah, time big, show. Oh, he's now a bestseller instantly, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but let's get back into talking about some wrestling that was not so great this week, I didn't find. And that's us taking a look at this week's NXT UK. So NXT UK, basically commentary quickly remind us of the Devlin Wolfgang main event tonight. And then immediately it goes to Sam Gradwell making his way to the ring. He's going to be taking on Kenny Williams in this opening match. So Kenny comes out in street clothes and on crutches, right? Tells us he can't compete due to uh, an accident. He's hurt his knee. He said he's got a doctor's note and he will not be competing tonight. But then Sid Scala shows up on the screen. He's the authority figure for the most part. He says that medical have no injury on record for kenny williams and that the match will in fact start right now so kenny williams wrestles this match in like what dress pants and is he wearing dress shoes i think he was actually but anyways so early on gradwell dominates and i thought kenny williams did a pretty good job of selling for him here williams then um because he is a heel he's pulling hair raking eyes hitting a low chop block to sort of take control of the larger gradwell gradwell then gets another flurry in with clotheslines a back body drop and a butterfly suplex Williams eventually sends Gradwell into the second rope, but when he goes to follow it up, Gradwell basically just kind of sits down, right, and covers him for the pinfall and wins the match, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Cause yeah, I don't... I don't even remember. It was, I, I don't like, and it was yesterday. I don't, I don't know why I don't remember. <laughs> um, so Williams attacks Gradwell with the crutch after the match before going and getting scissors out from a toolbox under the ring. And then, as my notes say, he does Gradwell a huge favor and, <laughs> and cuts yes. off that tiny little bit of hair. Like, so if you don't watch, Gradwell basically has what, He's like, bald except for like this little mohawk in the middle of his head. 98% of his head is shaved. And then it's not even a full mohawk, though. It's like four inches of a mohawk, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, near the front of his head. It's worse than Tyson Kidd. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's worse. Basically, Kenny is laughing and Gradwell sort of in disbelief on the ramp. Um, I didn't think this was a great match. It was pretty basic, like with Gradwell. It's like the ground and pound style that I don't really love that much. And I didn't think Williams did much other than a lot of... He used a lot of classic heel tactics, but I didn't think he did much else. So I just thought this was, I guess, decent at best, but it really didn't do much for me. And I was kind of surprised Gradwell won, but I guess the whole cutting off of the hair is going to make this continue. I, I, I don't know. I thought yeah, it was just okay, it, it, I guess. It was. I don't know. I didn't love it because it was just like, really it was done really weird like first no match then no match then match and he's like wrestling in three clothes and like the finish was kind of weird. it felt very disjointed yeah the finish was, was weird there wasn't there were no like highlights in this match i didn't really find right it just kind of happened and then it was the stuff afterwards but anyways not a great start backstage we then get gallus they're basically laughing at the clips of them last week hijacking um noam dar's show what's it called the supernova sessions, supernova sessions right boys on talk so yeah which um and then wolfgang storms in because they're the rest of them are sitting there laughing and he's upset because he was attacked in the hallway last week by devlin while the other gallus went off somewhere else so he storms out and then the coffees end up leaving too as the tv just kind of stays on in the background 
So I didn't like their segment last week at all when they did take over Noam Dar's show. So I don't know. This didn't do much for me either. They're just kind of watching what I thought was a weak segment and laughing at themselves. And I guess, I don't know, is it teasing? There's issues within them. Wolfgang's mad, whatever. I thought this was just kind of there. What about you? Any yeah, I don't... major thoughts? Mm. <laughs> it was just there. It yeah. was just I there. I, I struggled to pay attention. Yeah, also. it was just kind of like, I guess Wolfgang's kind of mad at them. And yeah. We move on, and they're they're entertained by themselves, I Mm -hmm. guess. We then go to Zaya Brookside, and she is very excited to be interviewed. It's really brief. She's basically asked if she can be a role model like Amal, and of course, this sets Brookside off. She's the brat, I guess, has a little temper tantrum here and ends by saying she's going to go tell her daddy about this. So I don't really enjoy Zaya Brookside anyways, and I feel like this what she's doing here on this episode is really, really similar to Tiffany Stratton. And I don't care if you want to say Zaya has been doing it longer. It doesn't really matter to me who's been doing it longer. Um, I didn't really enjoy it. I guess it's just a really quick way to move her towards facing Amal, obviously, right? But I don't know. I don't Next find week. I don't find Brookside very interesting. But clearly they want to do stuff with Amal, right? She's, she's mentioned or on every week. And it's only an hour show. When a lot of better ones are not right so it's kind of interesting they seem to be working hard to build them all a little bit for some reason but i think she's okay like i'm not saying she's bad but i don't think she's amazing i don't think it warrants this much focus i think is the best way to put it like she's not like bad but i don't think kind of like how i feel mastiff and stars are getting time and they're not how i would choose to spend oh we'll get there (laughs) the limited time we have we then get a, we get there right now. We get a remind, <laughs> my notes, a reminder of Jack Star's desire for the mystical vest like Dave Mastiff has. It's a mystical bomber jacket, okay? This vest has come to symbolize everything that Jack Stars just wants to be in life, right? So Mastiff <laughs> agrees to sort of um, help Stars earn it. I don't know if he's actually going to earn his own physical vest or it's just the respect of Mastiff or all of the above. But What if it was a Vest NFT or something? <laughs> something, just a, an NFT of oh my God. Mastiff's like Vest. Mastiff just, because like, um, Stars is touching it, right? He just like takes a picture of the jacket in the locker and turns it into an you NFT. You have a virtual receipt that you own the picture of the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That would be so funny. So Mastiff basically tells Jack Stars the first thing he has to do is do squats for an hour, right? And air squats so star starts mastiff leaves and it turns out he leaves in there for two hours right then he makes him eat an entire sleeve of weedabix do you know what that is i have no idea what that is so they look like basically hash browns almost but it's like dry the driest cereal you could possibly imagine they just come in little like bars i guess um so it would be really hard to eat them dry like you know how there's that challenge to eat however many soda crackers without so it would kind of be like that it would be like the driest it'd be like eating a box of sawdust basically Um, and then the third challenge was for stars to streak through the performance center or the arena, but he refused. What's that? What? I don't know. He remember. was basically naked and he, and he, he, Mastiff was trying to get him to run through the facility naked and stars wouldn't do it. This is how okay. engaged you were in the show this is, week. Yeah. I, I don't that's weird it was an attempt at comedy it didn't work for me at all i don't again i don't have a lot of interest in these two or this mystical vest or why why even stars like looks up to mastiff so much like i don't feel like that's been really explained or revealed to us but again we haven't been watching it closely for that long so maybe it predates us watching and reviewing it but i thought this was not a good segment i don't know about you um yeah it was really it felt like on the i don't know maybe a little less weird because they built it, but like the Huxley A-Kid thing. Like it was just really strange. And it's comedy that is not 
Yeah, going that's not well. very funny. It's almost an XD 2.0 comedy. A little bit. And, like, the, at least this one was kind of built. Yeah. Stupid build or not. Right. Like, at least it, like, you knew why they're, it was happening, They're at least. trying. That's what we like, can at say. Le- at least, like, you knew why it was happening. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm still shaky on the whole Huxley thing. But, like, right. at least, like, whether it was good or not, I knew why this was happening. Loves the vest. Wants the vest. Wants his own vest. It's I'm all about you, the NFT vest. is the easiest way to go. Um, we then get the first of two, I want to say, almost identical matches. But <laughs> it's Angel Hayes <laughs> taking on Amelia McKenzie. So this, this was just a vehicle for McKenzie to pick up a rare win because she's usually the person losing <laughs> if, to if they were in talent. the u.s this is this would be the kind of thing that they put on level up right exactly <laughs> so hayes gets a few near falls early on kind of surprising mckenzie and then mckenzie eventually overpowers or takes control there was a really long chin lock by mckenzie in the middle of this which i wasn't a big fan of then a flurry of strikes by hayes again um, and she also hits a lariat for a two count then it's mckenzie with a spinning neck dra- breaker a belly to back suplex um for a near fall a super kick by hayes and then mckenzie kind of catches uh, hayes coming at her from the ropes slams her face first while sitting out i don't know what technically it is but she uses it to pick up the win i really didn't think this was great again it was just amelia mckenzie picking up a rare wing win and uh, nothing more really i didn't think hayes looked really great did you have any thoughts on this barn burner uh board yeah Uh, i don't even remember the finish what was the finish it was like um it's the I remember slamming that. them down face first sitting out sort of thing like i don't know what you buster like the face like is it where they just slam them face first and sit out yes like just that yes Bellbuster. yeah um X so that's factor? what it is hmm? no the flip the other way though so i have the legs and your heads out that way slamming like wheelbarrow kind of oh anyways I'm here I'm gesturing for an audio podcast. <laughs> People know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, Andy Shepard sits down with Nathan Fraser, which to me implied that this he would weird. that he would ask more than one question and it would take longer than like 40 seconds or whatever. <laughs> like he sits down with Nathan Fraser and it's over in 12 seconds. <laughs> but just stood up. Basically, Fraser's glad he beat Teo Man last week. Um, something about like being in the ring with Walter, being intimidated or whatever. He was referring back to facing off against Walter, anyways. And then he kind of calls a shot here, right, and basically challenges Ilya Dragunov for the championship. So I just thought it was really short for a sit-down, and he kind of just breezed through Tio Man and Walter and then was like, and now I want a title shot. Um, I don't think he's quite main event material yet. Like, I like Fraser, but I don't imagine he's beating Dragunov, but the match, I guess, could be fun. So I thought this was, um, I don't know, for me, when you say sit-down, like, I think of, like, an interview with multiple questions and some depth to it and that is not what this was but i guess it was fine i don't know what do you think um yeah i don't it was weird right short i don't know if maybe it's fraser's not good on the mic and they just wanted to get this over with but it's like yep i beat to man yep walter was scary and now i want dragonov okay cool. you you so walter's scary and you want to face the guy who beat him right i guess so. the only guy who beat him right the only guy who beat right. like yeah that makes sense could be a fun match, the guy though. who has the calmest temper in the history of the world that's right, right. very gentle yeah. gentle man mm-hmm. um so teo man is talking to the other members of the familia well, he f- other members charlie dempsey he Come feels on. bad about his loss but um was it rohan raja is sort of reassuring him telling him that teo man has taken care of the family and to just look where they are they're all in nice suits in some fancy condo or something or hotel room so i guess the point is they're successful tailman says he will never be a loser as long as the family wins 
Dempsey then says that maybe the loss is what will bring this family closer together, and Teoman makes a new promise and says that nothing will stop them. So, I don't know, for me, I like everything about this group, right? Except... Their theme. Well, that too. The fact that they don't really win high-profile matches, right? Oh, like, yeah. I think they're cool, but they don't when push comes to shove. And didn't this seem almost... Like, like Team Taz. Did it feel baby facey a little bit? Like, if you're a heel, heel lost the match, and they're all being, like, supportive and don't worry. Or it's like, it was like the I foresaw it or whatever. You're still a great, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's And you're still a great leader, and as lo- maybe this is the loss that brings us be- closer together. Like, I don't just know. Just makes them strong. I don't know. But I find them interesting, at least. I hope they yeah. get more of a chance going forward. And but a new theme. I, yeah, I did or think they were kind of supportive of each other for a heel group, right? <laughs> it's okay, bud. You lost, but... We're, look how good we're, you we're take care here. of us, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. But I like them, so it's yeah. fine. We then get um, another women's match here, much like the first. I thought Myla Grace, who I didn't think looked great in this one, taken on your favorite, Stevie Turner. Um, so Myla Grace was in control early on, and then a Fez press from Turner sort of turns the tide. Then we get Turner doing the bunch of chin locks in the middle of this match. Um, hers were a little more aggressive looking, at least, I guess, than... Um, whoever uh amelia mckenzie in the first one but anyways fluria strikes and clotheslines by myla grace hits a 619 in the corner and a tornado ddt for a two count then we get a pump kick and basically what i thought was just a side effect right from stevie turner and stevie turner wins and i didn't think this was good probably less good than the one before it but honestly it felt virtually the same as the match before this because you've just got two kind of inexperienced women one who is basically enhancement talent and it's just a match to get that enhancement talent a win for once it's like jobber versus enhancement talent times two right so i, d- I thought it was an interesting choice to say it nicely to put both of these matches on the same one hour show right uh, any thoughts on this that yeah uh, what's well, now there's four matches on the show i feel like it's like rampage where they're trying to cram four matches i feel like three is the sweet spot it, right and two that are basically the same to me right like yeah. no offense to the women involved or like in this, if you but... got two big matches that's fine but like i feel right. like three is like the best you can do with one of them usually being a squash like yep especially like you said when two like i I, I was struggling to pay attention. I can't really differentiate. Well, because there's that no much. stakes or story behind either of those Such matches. A squash, and even then, not a very good. It one. felt like something that would be on dark or whatever, right? Like it's just yeah. random matches with mm-hmm. zero story. Mm-hmm. Um, Mustache Mountain. It's kind of like a back and forth, I guess. They're really confident that they're they think they're the best tag team in the world today, but they do res- even though they're based in the UK. They do respect Smith and Carter. Then we cut to Carter and Smith, who say it's their first time, or sorry, it's their time, and that Mustache Mountain are overconfident and too concerned about not losing rather than winning. I guess. Uh, isn't, Trent, that, isn't that basically the same? Similar, thing? very similar things. Like almost the same thing. Although in sports, team sports, it does suck when teams try not to lose. I guess it's like it's like when you build a lead and then you're just trying to protect the lead rather than keep playing the way you played. Oh right. Or right. I was thinking like if you're just trying to not lose, you could try to make it a tie. <laughs> I guess you know, like shoot for the draw. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, in theory, I, your thing makes more sense. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Trent Seven says he's addicted to winning. And Tyler Bates says that the belts fuel them. Smith, oh, uh, maybe some uh, therapy segments or whatever, because he's I got an addiction. Addiction. <laughs> Get uh, what was Doctor? Doctor Shelby. Yeah, there you go. Smith and <laughs> no, Carter. That's when they have friendship issues. Say they will be the next champions, and they won't spend another year under anyone else. Uh, I thought this was a solid back and forth promo. Kind of a nice break from the attempted comedy segments. It seems UK is trying a lot lately. So, 
I can't imagine Mustache Mountain lose this match, right? Because I don't think Carter and Smith are quite there yet. But I hope the match is good, at least. I don't know. What do you think of this? Um, I thought it, I thought it was solid. I like the back and forth style, of course. Me too, usually. Um, but it just doesn't like I don't find Carter and Smith that interesting. Like I think they're all right, right. but they're just not super interesting, and also they're not winning. It's not a very deep division at this point, right? It is so. not. Uh, we then get our main event, which is Wolfgang taking on Jordan Devlin, who is just in ridiculous shape, right? The man is yes. super ripped. Uh, so commentary, I guess they're trying to explain or add some color to Jordan Devlin's current character. They compare him to Patrick Bateman, who you wouldn't know, but he's from a, a movie based on a book called American Psycho, who played like this calm on the mm -hmm. surface, but like serial killer kind of guy. So I feel like they're trying to add a bit of depth to Devlin there. But anyways... Wolfgang, this is the uh, arm targeting match. It's Wolfgang targeting Devlin's left arm early on. Then they're brawling on the outside. Devlin gets dropped chest first across the barricade. We get a cutter attempted, but it's countered into a delayed vertical back in the ring by Wolfgang. Uh, a little bit later, Devlin low bridges, and that sends Wolfgang to the floor into the barricade. And that sort of stops the momentum of Wolfgang. He's then run into the ring post, so he starts to sell his left shoulder. So Devlin starts to focus on that. We get a moonsault attempt by Wolfgang, but Devlin gets the knees up. Devlin goes back to the arm with uh, two running punts from the apron to basically just kicking Wolfgang's arm really hard. We get a slingshot corkscrew splash from Devlin that I looked like, pretty cool. I think cool. he landed on his back, so it was kind of like a senton-ish, but it was, it was it interesting. It looked cool, yeah. yeah. And then we get a little bit more brawling, and that gives Wolfgang the advantage. He hits a running senton for a two-count. We get a headbutt by Devlin. Both men are down before Devlin hits a nice cutter for a near fall. We get a Spanish fly off the top, which I saw a lot of this week, a couple of times on Impact this week. Spanish fly off the top by Devlin for two, immediately followed up by a really nice 450, and that picks up the win. As you pointed out in the moment, right, he probably can't hit the Devlin side on Wolfgang. Yeah. So I thought both of those, um, the finishing combo looked pretty good, right? Um, I thought it was a solid match. It was nothing spectacular. It was really slow for the most part, right? It was like a, a steady, slow pace. I feel like it never quite kicked into the next gear that it could have, that Devlin matches usually do, so I want to blame Wolfgang, but um, <laughs> it was pretty That's nice. It was pretty clear that Devlin would be winning this. Um, it was, I think it was pretty easily the best match of the night, but I don't think it was a top-tier main event or anything, right? Like, it was solid, um, but yeah, it just never kicked into high gear. It was just a steady pace the whole way, kind of. So I thought Nothing it was okay, in but... this show was that high gear. No, I agree with you. <laughs> Um, yeah. So you were not a huge... I, I thought it was fine, but I think Devlin can do much better. I think Wolfgang's all right, but I feel like definitely Devlin had to work with him. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or work around him, so to speak. Uh, I think Devlin could have done much better. I It it never really kicked into the next gear. No. I feel like it was just kind of like stalled yep. pretty much. Um, I think the finishing couple moves from Devlin were cool, but other than that, I, I don't really remember much. Yeah, it was... I pretty fair it's not very memorable right yeah, so um i can save us some time i think the show wasn't great i'd give it a c there's just nothing funny. really funny I, grades you gave nothing it i really care about and like the main event was good but like compared to the rest of the show i'd say yeah uh so i was I, i'm not sure if we were just lucky when we started covering nxt uk because i really enjoyed right we were like those first few episodes we were going to see if we wanted to keep doing it and we were like looking forward to uk right because we were getting a, generally a really good main event we were getting really good like pre-recorded segments for like dragonov and devlin that we were really yeah, enjoying we got some cool matches and then whatnot like i feel like every week there was something and then lately it's like slipped considerably and it's kind of feeling a bit like a chore right um 
Like this week, the Gradwell-Williams match was nothing special. Both of the women's matches felt really similar, and I don't think either one was very good. And the main event was like good enough, I guess, but not great. And then segment-wise, the only one that interested me at all is D-Familia, right? Because they're not doing comedy. And I guess the back and forth with Mustache Mountain and um, Smith and Carter was fine too. But I agree, I gave this the exact same grade you did, uh, which is a C. And I will tell you, because we're about to come up to me talking about it, I actually enjoyed NXT 2.0 more than NXT UK this week. And that is not how it's supposed to be, right? But anyways. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll move into talking about NXT and and whatever else we happen to want to talk about in the next segment that we call Any Other Wrestling Business. All right, so let's talk some NXT Vengeance Day. You saw a tiny bit of this, I think, right? You were around for some part of it. I don't remember what part it was exactly. Do you? Mm, I don't even remember if I saw anything. I'm almost positive you watched something. But anyways, um, so the show opens with the previews of the matches. I know you didn't see this. I think I told you about it. Basically, they frame the matches in text messages between the members of Toxic Attraction. Oh, yeah. So I give them full marks for trying something new, but I really didn't think it worked. It was basically like Carmelo Hayes, super hot or whatever. And then they talk about that match or like, I don't know. It was just them having like mean girl text conversations to each other, incorporating the matches that were happening. So kind of a unique idea, but I I didn't think in in execution it was very good. It didn't feel natural at at all. And also like having access to their text conversations right when you think about it is kind of strange so yeah i don't know i didn't love it we the opener is pete dunn he defeated tony d'angelo which i was happy to see because i wasn't sure in the weaponized cage match so i'm going to be really quick this week talking about nxt i thought the match was a fun enough it was basically a 10 minute weapons match um that I, i think is ending this feud so i'm really happy that pete dunn won and it seems like from what we get later on this show, he's positioned to go after the North American title next, so that'll be good for him. Um, a few highlights. Tony hit a nice falcon arrow onto a trash can. We got a nice superplex to Dunn as Dunn was sort of hanging over the wall of the cage, and um, D'Angelo superplexed him back into the ring. We had Pete Dunn doing his thing with the fingers. He actually slammed them in a toolbox that looked pretty good and then was using wrenches and claw hammers and stuff on people's fingers and faces. So Dunn eventually won with the bitter end. I think it was on like a piece of a table or something, uh, a chair. I think it was a table for the win. Um, I thought it was a decent match, pretty fun. Nothing crazy, especially again after watching the recent Page Archer bloodbath, like to call this sort of a, a weaponized cage match and have it be very, very tame compared to that, right? But I mean, it was a fun enough opener. I don't think it was anything amazing, but it wasn't a bad match either. That's going to be a lot of what I say about this show is like, It wasn't bad. Uh, It was fun enough, but it wasn't amazing. We then get Jade, uh, what's her name? Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez training vignette. Basically, I think you saw this, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did. My summary is Gons is a dedicated veteran. Jade is a lazy rookie. Gons is big and strong. Jade is small and thin, right? Because it was them training. And then like the funny one is, oh, they're going to carry each other. So Gonzalez easily carries Jade on her shoulders, but then Jade can barely carry. It was kind of... Like, didn't it feel like the vibe, not as bad, I guess, but of, like, the Kyle O'Reilly Von Wagner training in the forest <laughs> segment? Like, this was less rustic. I about that. They were actually in, like, a facility working out, but it was I that idea. About that. Oh, my 
thought Von Wagner was the veteran. So it was kind of like the odd couple. Like, I'm the dedicated veteran and you're kind of the sleepy teenager rookie kind of deal. But anyways, uh, then a brief Diamond Mine promo. Basically, they're going to take what is theirs tonight ahead of their um, finals in the Dusty Cup, I guess it is. We then get um, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Did you watch any of this? Toxic Attraction. They ended up defeating Indy Hartwell Maybe? and Persa Parada. Because I know you saw the the Gonzalez Cora Jade thing. I but know then I, I did too. Uh, anyways, I thought this was a pretty messy match in some spots. And I don't, just Toxic Attraction, man. They don't seem ready for the spot that they're in. And I don't think that the crowd or anyone else seems to be really interested in them that much. This match felt like a match between some inexperienced people, right? Nobody really seemed in charge, um, leading to some less than polished stretches in this. Yeah. Um, so toxic, toxic Attraction to finish it, take out Parada when she runs into the ring steps. And then they knock Indy off the top as she goes for some sort of springboard move. And Toxic Attraction hit their... Did you see that? I thought you did see the high-low. Because I didn't oh, really love no, it. I did. Yep, I remember now. It so they hit bad. their version like of the high-low for the win. Um, it was offensive to Redragon and the Eliminators. to the Eliminators. I thought this was the weakest match on the card. I thought this was pretty sloppy How in dare some you say spots. Toxic attraction. It just seems to be the standard Toxic Attraction tag match. Like I yeah. think Mandy's better than them. I don't think Mandy's amazing. Well, oh, she'd kind of have to be given how long she's been around. But I think these two are not really working uh, in character or really in their matches. So I, I Toxic Attraction's been a bit of a miss, and I think it's been long enough that we can confidently say that i don't see a ton of people loving their work at this point anyways wendy chu asked amari miller to be her dusty cup partner but amari has already promised someone else we don't really find out who that is yet i don't think chu acts like it's no big deal but then is clearly annoyed once amari leaves so she then walks up to dakota kai who is now wearing like heart-shaped goggles and talking to an imaginary person or herself um so chu kind of approaches her about being partners for the cup Kai continues to talk to her imaginary friend, and Chu just basically tells her to let her know when she figures it out. And I just poor Dakota Kai. I say it every week, right? Her gimmick keeps getting worse. I'm not sure how she. I'm not sure how she makes this work, right? She's literally her characters sit there and talk to an imaginary person. Um, And the women's Dusty Cup, right, seems somehow less legit because they're just still struggling to form teams for this. Like Amari Miller is forming a team supposedly chu doesn't know who who partner is eo we're just finding out even cora jade and gons were just why, why is it all singles people it's feel all, like they have to tag together right, I guess because there's no actual tag team there's only toxic attraction correct and whoever they just face and, and eo then and carter zoe and but, but zoe and eo can't happen right and carter and cat and zero but they're embroiled in a love story <laughs> on nxt junior high um we then get Waller and his bodyguard Sanga are outside with police officers and Waller is expecting them to arrest LA Knight later tonight. We then get our junior high part with Briggs and Jensen talk about Jensen's date with Caden Carter. Basically, Jensen got put into the friend zone. Oh, they're at a bar discussing this. So Jensen is happy because what did Carter said something like she likes him like a brother and he thought that was a good thing. Uh, and then uh... the, fun- the funny line was that Briggs says, I know you're from Alabama, but that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was one of the funniest lines on the show, for sure. Um, so anyways, Briggs gets the female bartender to come over, who is um, Fallon, whatever she was, that was just on Level Up. 
she's she's been a jobber a couple times as well so anyway she comes over to settle the disagreement and obviously she agrees with briggs that basically she just wants you're in the friend zone um so i don't know this segment was again there's this nxt junior high and continues to make these grown adults seem like they're basically adolescents at best i guess so seems to be a waste of my time i guess there's a possibility of it moving beyond bad back into good it's so bad but I don't think so. I just don't like it. Briggs, I think, isn't doing a terrible job, but Jensen is really bad, and he seems to be the focus of this for some reason, so no he good. He was... He's Buchanan's kid, right? That was him. I'm he's pretty sure. He's whose kid? Buchanan. Who's Buchanan? Bull Buchanan. Really? Yeah, I Yeah, thought... I remember they signed Bull Buchanan around, and then I'm pretty oh, sure Oh, that might him. be right. Because Von Wagner's the son of Bloom, and then Jensen's the son of someone. I'm almost positive. Look it up. I forget. Okay. If you sound right. Uh, LA Knight comes to the ring to talk about Grayson Waller, Sanga, or sorry, but Waller, Sanga, and the police officers interrupt him basically right away. So Waller is prepared and has compiled video highlights of Knight attacking him to convince the police to arrest Knight. Obviously, cut out of context and stuff. So LA Knight had a feeling that was going to happen, so he's prepared too. He has his. Yep, it's Buchanan. Nice. He has his own video of Waller when he sort of jumped over the barricade and rolled into a cutter during one of Knight's matches. So Knight grabs the restraining order. He's a stunner. Yeah, grabs the restraining order out of Waller's hands and says that he's read it over carefully and that the restraining order goes both ways. And since they've both violated it. Is that how they actually work in real life? It like, could, but I mean, like. Shouldn't that be like. The part that bothers me is the guy that got the restraining order has know. no idea that's in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the right. guy the st- restraining order is against has it memorized, right? So I, I thought that was kind of cheap. Isn't that like, yeah, it's like the opposite of how it should be. Right. So basically, um, the police just leave because they both did violate this and there's no real job for the police to do. And then night Wait, fight. Yeah, fake police. Yeah. Knight oh, fights awesome. off both of the heels, and Knight and Waller, I guess, will face off in a match next week. So I honestly think Waller and Knight did a really good job in their roles here. Um, and I think Nate Knight kind of seems like he's main roster ready at this point. He's doing like that. Was, like, why not in the Rumble? The Rumble was so right. boring. And like we've always said, he's doing like his rock, stone cold combination, I guess, sort of thing. Rock, Austin, Light. It's just bad that the, the writing is nowhere near as strong, right? For they're sure. performing well, but the stuff they're getting isn't great. And like I said, the, the details about the restraining order I thought were kind of lame. Um, it felt very main roster, but I think the guys involved did the most they could. Uh, Indy and Persia are disappointed backstage after losing their match. Dexter comes in and Indy leaves with him. And I think the point was uh, Persia said hi and Dexter obviously said nothing. And then Duke Hudson comes in and leaves with Persia because it's more of our junior high. I'm calling right NXT now. Junior I'm calling high. right now. Double date. So, yeah, I believe it. More romance angles, more waste of time. Moving on. Good intense promo by Tommaso Ciampa, focusing on Ziggler, then Breaker. Um, basically, he talks about building the brand. It's his home. He'll be watching the main event tonight very closely and assumes that Ziggler will be too. And I thought it was just a really good, intense promo it's from like Ciampa. NXT. <laughs> and he did the thing where when he finishes, he like flings the cherry sitting on, you know, that's kind of his move I from missed, back when he was I know with, he got released, but I missed Thatcher. Thatcher. Me too. Thatcher. Oh, man, that was a waste. Um, then we had Carmelo Hayes defeated Cameron Grimes to retain the North American Championship in what was a, I thought, a pretty terrific match. Uh, pretty easily my match of the night on this show. I think Hayes is just really impressive in and out of the ring, and his partnership with Trick Williams is getting better each week. Trick seemed to uh, 
we said it right. Like he was taking away from Hayes's presentation in the beginning, but now I think he's finding his role and he's doing a good job in helping Mello now. So excellent back and forth match. Each man got ample time to look really good. Trick got involved just enough. Didn't really figure into the finish, which I liked. Um, so Mello won with another really nice looking top rope leg drop to the back of Grimes' head after 16 minutes. But like I think Mello is a star. Um, and we're learning that, and we got further evidence that Cameron Grimes is capable of working great matches, even as a babyface. So I yeah, again, forgot how, like he used to be so good as like the hillbilly. Heel. Right. I mean, even when he was like heel merch guy. I'm not loving his character right he's now. He's been but so like, he's like I I feel like he hardly has a gimmick anymore. It's very like, slight. The now. rich part has been turned toned down. He the, mentions it still, but the it's dialed back. The country part has been toned yes. down. Like everything about him, just, like I feel like he's just not really much of anything no anymore uh definitely my favorite match tonight by a decent margin and i would actually recommend it to people i thought it was really good um then kaylee ray convinces eo to smash things with her bat there's like a table full of glasses and oh, mugs gee, and whatever. i wonder what they're gonna do and eo finally does and she enjoys it um and they're sort of i guess the idea was they're channeling their shared hatred of toxic attraction i think that's how kaylee ray convinced her to I do wonder it what's gonna happen Zoe Stark comes in and Eo smashes her coffee cup and Zoe seems kind of impressed by all of this. So it looks like Eo and Kaylee Ray are obviously going to be forming a team for the yeah. Dusty Wait, Cup. Is Zoe still injured? Uh, yeah. yeah. And that was the thing last week. Like, you should go find someone as crazy as you to be your partner. And Eo was like, I know who to find sort of thing. Hmm. Um, and honestly, if it's Eo and Kaylee Ray, nobody should beat them, right? Like, that should be the team that wins. But Yeah, but then they're going to probably lose to Toxic Attraction. Ugh, gross. Um, next match, we had the Creed brothers in the Dusty Cup finals. They defeated MSK and what I thought was a pretty good match as well. Not, I have liked some Creed performances better than this, but I thought this was pretty good. Um, it was an interesting... Are they still wearing pajamas? Not this time, no. Interesting contrast to styles. I was hoping for a bit more. Uh, Under-delivered slightly, but I think it was a fine match. Uh, the finish only involved Julius, right? Because we heard they're kind of high on Julius. So it was just him. He slammed... Uh, Carter and then hit the low diving clothesline thing That's so lame. in a nine and a half minute match. So yeah, because it was usually both the creeds involved, right? But it was just Julius here. But anyways, a pretty entertaining match. I, I didn't like it as much as Grimes and Hayes, but it wasn't a bad match. Creeds are really good, man. They're, they've got a ton of potential and MSK. I don't know where you go with them, right? They're speaking of diamond mine potential. Yeah. Tyler Rust. He's good. Yeah. Um, then we get Nikita Lyons segment. You can add <laughs> add dancing to the list of things that she's great at. <laughs> That's what I saw. Yeah. Her dad told her that she was sent to bring people together so she should stop beating people up, basically, and she will be in action next week. Why is she wrestling then? I don't know. But because she's a... I mean, the highlights of her fighting and training look pretty good. Um, I think she's actually doing a pretty good job with what she's been given. I'm interested to see her in the ring because... The training seg uh, sections with MMA make her look pretty tough, but uh, it's the dramatic reenactments of her childhood, as she describes it, that, are, that I find are really annoying. But I think her delivery and her confidence are pretty good. So it's one of those, like, they're writing kind of stuff I don't like for her, but I don't think she's doing a bad job. But anyways, um, Imperium give what I thought was a dud of a promo in the ring. They get interrupted by Solo Sokoa, who sounded actually really good. Um, he doesn't think the ring is sacred and it looks like he's going to fight Walter, but like Walter was wearing like a golf shirt or a polo shirt and he just looked so not intimidating and he's getting skinnier by the minute. Right. So it's like fit Walter wearing, um, 
a golf shirt. It I don't know. It just did not work for me at all. I thought Eichner didn't sound good. Walter looked the least tough I've ever seen him. Um, and Bartel, when he was speaking, got the what treatment, which is never a good sign. I actually thought Sokoa sounded better than everybody else involved. Um, and I heard rumors of maybe Usos coming to NXT again. That's dumb. So that would put Sokoa probably involved somehow. Oh, right? it's them versus Imperium. Right. Oh. Doesn't that seem like it? That's sucks mckenzie talks to ziggler he's been kicking down the door to champa's home and he will be watching the main event tonight sure fine carmelo and trick williams are backstage they say grimes is good but Melo was great pete dunn comes by says congratulations on the being the north american champion still for now so i think that's where we're going with that and i'm fine that should be a cool program for dunn and hayes what was the triple threat earlier it was dunn gargano hayes right remember like a little while ago it was gargano mm, yeah right? i think that's right yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, main event, Braun Breaker, no surprise, defeats Santos Escobar to retain the NXT Championship in a solid but unspectacular main event. I preferred the Champa Breaker match. I thought it was considerably better than this. But the fact that the result was kind of in doubt in that one, whereas this one, they've already planned Breaker versus Champa Champa slash Ziggler, right? So there was no way in that kind of... Oh, 50-50 booking. See, you got to have the third Breaker Champa match. It kind of hurt this for me a little bit. I found the first few minutes slow, but then I thought it... uh, And I thought it lacked drama again because you know there's no universe Escobar's winning. Um, But Ziggler showed up, super kicked Braun for an Escobar near fall. We then get the spear, the straps down, and Breaker hits his gorilla press power slam for the win. I saw he was wearing a tiger singlet, which is kind of (laughs) cool. After 12 minutes, I think Braun's good, honestly. I think he's good, and I think he's a good fit as the champion for 2.0. And honestly, his speed is the impressive thing for me. Of course, of course, he's powerful, right? You look at him, and there's no doubt he's going to be a powerhouse, but it's his speed that is impressive for me. Uh, He probably will be a star. I think he needs some mic work and character work, but in the ring, he's totally fine. He's had. He needs to get out. He's exactly what they want for a 2.0 champion. I don't have a big problem with it. It was a fairly good match, nowhere near as entertaining as Grimes Hayes. Exactly what they want for a champion sounds kind of insulting because a little bit because obviously, like they have better people like Champa and Dunn, but that's not who they want. Dunn. So, anyways, overall decent episode. In ring, only the women's tag match was questionable. All the other were somewhat entertaining. Loved Grimes Hayes. Uh, I think that Waller and Knight did a good job with their lengthy segment, and most of the other things were kept short. And it was a wrestling heavy episode, but I mean, they still snuck in a Briggs Jensen segment. So I gave it a, I gave it a C plus, pretty close to a B minus actually. Um, really like that a good NXT is C plus. Right, really liked the Grimes match. People should check that out um other stuff i watched this week so today i'll do impact really quick moose and morrissey contract signing basically moose came out and talked thought that morrissey wasn't going to show up etc etc morrissey shows up and ends up after teasing each person doing it he choke slams moose off the stage through a table and then signs the contract and throws it on moose wait the table was outside the ring was yeah so they was like they were on the stage and then they slammed off the stage to a table on the floor choke slam. oh they're on the, i thought they're in the ring no um, really good X Division triple threat between Ace Austin, Blake Christian, and Laredo Kid. Honestly, oh, fe- Trey Baxter. <laughs> he's back, yeah. Honestly, yeah, felt like a showcase for him. He did a lot of cool stuff. He had a, he had a top rope Spanish fly as well. Um, Ace Austin got the win here. He hit the fold to uh, Blake Christian immediately after Christian had hit like a, 
I like the fold. A top rope flipping double stomp, basically, to that looked pretty cool to Laredo Kid. I feel a, like he did that in NXT. Laredo Kid looked a bit out of sync with people at the beginning of this match, and it seemed like Blake Christian was kind of directing him around the ring a little bit. But then, I mean, it ended up being a really good, like, standard X Division triple that I, I, I think it was my favorite match. Only other notables I had was Masha Slamovich squashed a jobber with a really sick-looking burning hammer, followed by her Russian, I think it's called the Russian Death Device. So they're just giving her the Wardlow treatment right now. But for me, it's a little bit different because she's brand new to the company, right? Where Wardlow, we've watched kind of be like, what, a mid-carder for a couple years? And now, all like of, that. And now all of a sudden he's killing. Well, and it's like the same thing every week, I feel like. Right. Whereas Slamovich is new, so she's just, they're establishing her. I think she looks awesome. Uh, and then, remember, I don't know if you saw one of the little vignettes teasing her arrival, but the quintessential diva, Giselle Shaw. Anyways, she made her debut. I'd never heard of her or I've heard of her only in those vignettes. I didn't know who she was. So she made her impact debut. Uh, I thought she had a pretty good match against Lady Frost. So Shaw, she's doing like the wants all the attention and the spotlight. That's basically her gimmick. She's the quintessential diva. Smoke show. But mm. then she looked really aggressive with her strikes. She hit a top rope Spanish fly. Um, wow. too, it's too bad that Blake Christian had just hit one in the match before. But anyways, um, and she hit like... I think it was basically Tiffany Stratton's that corkscrew um, Vader bomb splash that actually looks pretty impressive too. So I was impressed with Shaw in her debut. Like, for example, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I just don't see it. Uh, Chelsea Green was in a tag match with Mickey James later in the show. And I found this Giselle Shaw much more interesting to watch than Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green just doesn't do it for me. I don't quite... She's missing something. She feels like... Um, one of those wrestlers like natalia where we say like she knows some wrestling moves right but it doesn't mean she's a good yeah. wrestler right yeah. she knows how to deliver some offense but it doesn't mean she's R good right anyways but i think sean slamovich looked like they could be nice additions to that roster those were really the only things that stood out to me the rest was like i don't know kenny kenny king fought saban and what was you expect and like violent by design face bullet club like it was nothing that really interesting uh then rampage Cole beat 10 in a pretty good match. Cole helped make 10 look like a powerhouse in this one, as you would expect, right? Serena Deeb won another five-minute challenge with a powerbomb and a serenity lock in, like, two minutes, I think it was. Um, we talked about it. Hobbs beat Dante Martin, and I like this match. The contrast of styles, right? The powerhouse. Um, Hobbs won with a spine uh, buster. Powerhouse Hobbs. He won with a spine buster, which I thought was weird, but he, he looked... He does use that, though, at he, least. Yeah, he does. He did look dominant for large stretches of this match, and like you said before, right, we've now got three powerhouses committed for the ladder match so far mm -hmm. um then like i said we had jade in a cat suit with dollar signs all over it and she wants her next opponent yeah she's a green hair now and matt or hardy like oh yeah green. i don't even think i noticed hardy comes out with bunny to make quote unquote a money match so i guess that's who card cargill kills if he next. wants to lose money boom right and then jay white defeated trent beretta with a blade runner in a good main event that got a lot of time like 15 minutes or so or so I thought the second half of it was really good, um, but White's, he, he's got that deliberate pace, right? It's kind of interesting to me. Uh, I expected that outcome, but it was a good match, competitive. Both of them you look good. for Jay White versus Trent Eric Young tonight. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's on tonight, too. Um, so that's going to bring me to the end of any other wrestling business. Do you have any other business to discuss? I have no business because I am a dork. And there is no figuring it out this week, right? There is not. There is not. There was a bunch last week, but I am a dork. Why are you a dork? I have nothing. You got nothing? It was all yeah. me in any other business this week. Yeah. 
just watch some random wrestling and talk about it sometime you know check out oh, like i started watching the middle again that's not wrestling though no it's not <laughs> it's a tv show that's but i started it's watching but i guess that's going to bring us to the end of 83 right indeed Okay, so a bit shorter, not bad. Still over two hours. <laughs> There's no way we're <laughs> no, not talking for two I, hours. I don't think we can ever go under two hours it's ever again. It's been very rare, I ever think. Ever since, like, the last time we did. I don't even know when, to be honest. I don't think we're going to review Blood Money, right? Because I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I I know everything. Um, You're already spoiler, spoiled. Brock Lesnar won. I hate it. Uh, um, what? Don't, yeah. uh, you've spoiled me. I might watch it. Well, I probably won't, but anyways. You don't like and those shows. And then we've got... I might check out the impact pay-per-view yeah i i might i yeah i'd watch that maybe um, we'll find time to rather talk about watch it. that than blood money it is a long weekend here where we live so we okay, might blood have money is actually a good pay-per-view name though I'm gonna, i mean i'm gonna save that nice oh yeah are you gonna use that I but have, anyways i have a list of names just just a uh, back catalog so there's a chance we'll put out something or i'll put out something could be a solo mission could be with jack about impact but i wouldn't count on it if you see it there it'll we be a pleasant have a long surprise weekend, so we i do. mean if we wanted to we, we have more time but we'll definitely be back for episode 84 next saturday mm-hmm. and i guess until then everybody take care <laughs>